Blog Talk Radio. This show is dedicated to my mother and father. From beginning to end, we'll always love you. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports, news, and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone could ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. Now, it's time. Here's Sonny Clark. Yo, 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 everybody, welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as we are here on our Sunday morning tradition that continues in our 10th year. Welcome into the show, and welcome to the first edition of the sports that we know best, which is the NFL. We are starting out the NFL countdown as we are moving closer. The end of indoor football, what we always promise, if you watch it, it'll get you from the end of the Super Bowl and get you to the, uh, you know, now training camps and things like that. So, uh, you know, it did its job yet again as far as what we do as far as indoor football, what we bring you on this show when we just kind of talk a little bit about indoor football and what's going on. And remember, if you remember back into the day where the Couch Potato Sports Show was the radio voice of the uh, indoor football Texas Revolution before they went ahead and dismantled um, this, just this past year. We hadn't been calling the games for, for a year and a half in reality, so – uh, that's where we were at. So, uh, but that's what indoor football does. It gets you to that spot, gets you all set and ready to go. So hopefully all that noise just stopped. Um, so that being said, of course, that's the name of this show. It's the first time we're going to really get into what the NFL is all about. But until we get our co-host in, that would be Cuervo, you know, we usually go back and backtrack. We'll go back and take a look at what happened in Champions Indoor Football. And those that don't know that I am the director of operations of that league. Um, and so we had a playoff games for the championship game. These games last night determined who would make it to the championship game, who would host it, and all that good stuff. So uh, some good stuff that happened uh, if you were keeping track of what was going on in indoor football and, of course, champions indoor football there into the playoffs. We had some great games that hit the football field last night as the Amarillo Venom made their way over to the Duke City over in the Albuquerque, New Mexico area, as well as the Omaha Beef went ahead and made their way down to Salina, Kansas to take on the Salina Liberty. Now, those that these two games right here are to put them into the championship. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about those games and what ended up happening in those games until we get Cuervo in. That's just what we do. So let's do that. We're going to, go, we're going to talk a little bit of indoor football and champions indoor football. Let's head over to Salina, Kansas, where the game came down literally. And that's what has been so great about champions indoor football as of late. 
um, is coming down to the ends of the games, having really close games, and those games meaning something uh, to the final minutes. And we got that the Salina Liberty last night uh, taking on the Omaha Beef. The Omaha Beef hit the road in this one. And the expectations of what would end up happening, um, who knows? I mean, the Salina Liberty were going for the three-peat against the Omaha Beef. Now, that having been said, of course, we could talk about it all day long. It's not very easy, probably, to beat the same team three times in a row in the same season, uh, but that's what we ended up getting as the Salina Liberty got the victory last night in a very good game. It literally came down to the end of the game, as usual, um, and that's what even made everything so much more fun as far as the games were concerned. Um, back and forth game. Uh, at one point, at one point, uh, the uh, beef were down 21 in this game, and they got right back into it. So that, and it took it down to the final end of the uh, game, where Derek Bernard, the quarterback of the Omaha Beef, had an opportunity to tie it up on a two-point conversion, and unfortunately, that did not happen. The two-point conversion did not happen, and the Omaha Beef fell short last night. And in, in a game that was, you know, if you don't give the game away immediately or in the first quarter or get behind the way they did, then what ends up happening, you end up unfortunately taking the loss, and that was what it was, a two-point loss for the, uh, for the Omaha Beef against the Salina Liberty the Liberty do get the victory, 44-22, to 22, taking it up to that last portion of the game. An, an exciting game, lots of things to talk about if you, if you watch that. So, so get with some of your local people, some of the people that do love indoor football as much as Lisa I do, and get a look at it. So let's take a look at some of the stats that happen. Of course, we cover champions indoor football until Cuervo does get in here. So let's talk about it. 21 straight points ripped off in the first quarter by the Salina Liberty. and But it got answered in the second quarter. But Salina was still able to get two touchdowns and a field goal in the second quarter. So when they went into halftime, you were looking at a 37-23 to 23 game going on they came out in the third frame and everybody played defense the adjustments were made for each team both sides of the ball the defense came out and just took over on that whole situation and then in the fourth quarter the Omaha Beef made a run at it but remember they were down 37-23 they outscored the Salina Liberty 19-7 if the Liberty does not score in the second or in the fourth quarter in that game, then we would be talking something totally different. Salina scored with six minutes and 50 seconds left to go to make the score 44 to 29. So that's where they ended up. Then uh, the Omaha beat Julian uh, Stafford, got a three yard pass from D- Derek Bernard, and the kick was good, brought him within eight, 44 to 36. And then Derek Bernard, four yard run to get into the end zone, but the two-point conversion pass by Derek Verard did not get in, was failed. I actually thought he was going to run it. I, and I think, and I could be wrong, but I think if he did run that one in, 
he would have been able to score the two-point conversion, and we could be talking about overtime and maybe a different team to win that game coming out of Salina, Kansas. I love that coffee. And so a good way to start it, that game started at 630. The other game that was uh, going on out there was the Duke City Gladiators. The Duke City Gladiators hosting the Amarillo Venom, and these two teams, you know, are – very familiar with each other as they're close, so obviously they play a lot. But this one started off, started off with Amarillo popping up to a 21-14 lead in the first frame of this one. And at one point, you thought the Amarillo Venom was in full control. Um, but that having been said, in the second quarter, Amarillo outscored Duke City only by one, 21-20. So when they went in at halftime, it was 42-34. to So it's still within reach. Then the Duke City Gladiators got some key turnovers in the third quarter. They outscored the Amarillo Venom 22 to seven in the third frame, and took it by one point in the fourth quarter, 14 to 13. Amarillo could not, unfortunately, get back into this one as Duke City pretty much handled the third quarter starting with a turnover. So Duke City, Delo Davis, seven-yard pass from Robert Kent. The two-point conversion was good in that one because they were behind and they need that because the extra points that were not good. Then Duke City with 8.05 in the quarter, Delo Davis yet again, 25-yard pass from Robert Kent. The extra point was good. Then Amarillo kind of kicked it, got it four, at 4.54, uh, Xavier Amy caught a 13-yard pass from Nate Davis. Jacob Felton with the extra point. That was good. That was a five-play, 32-yard uh, drive with two minutes and 58 seconds off of the clock in that one. Then Duke City yet again. Shredder Johnson, seven-yard catch from Robert Kent. Perry's kick was good. Brought the score to 49-56 to as Duke City was trying to get back into it. Amarillo answered with 10 minutes and 23 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter, a 10-play, 34-yard, at eight up five minutes and 56 seconds off of the clock when Nate Davis ran it in for a three-yard uh, touchdown, and Jacob Felton's kick was good. Then turning around with 8.17 left to go, a minute and 50 seconds left. It was Justin Kelly uh, with the two-yard run, and the extra point was good. Took the uh, score to 66-56. to 56. Amarillo, though, there was a long play, long time for them to get into the end zone. A five-minute play drive to get to the uh, end zone. So that took a lot of time. With 8-17, the Amarillo Venom at that point were down a touchdown. Then the Amarillo Venom did get the uh, touchdown, but they missed the extra point. So at that point, it was 63 to 62 in favor of the Duke City Gladiators. Uh, but Duke City then, with 52 seconds left to go, Shedrick Johnson, six yard pass from Robert Kent, and the kick was good after that three play drive, a minute and 51 left to go, left only 52 seconds on the clock. Um, and Amarillo did drive that ball down there toward the end of that game as well. Um, but unfortunately, it did not work out with them um, at the end of the game. And uh, again, you looked at Champions Indoor Football, what it has done, 
they take them to the final plays of the game, which is exciting, especially in the uh, indoor game. Talk about that last drive. It started with 46 seconds left to go after the kickoff. All right, and uh, Nate Davis uh, complete uh, pass. Uh, then the defense from the Gladiators got in uh, to uh, to uh, Nate Davis's face, made him with a, uh, uh, about three plays, and before he knew it was fourth down with five seconds left to go. So it was fourth down, and the the Emerald of Venom had to get into the end zone. Um, Duke City took the uh, – well, there was a timeout by Amarillo, and then Duke City saw what, what they were going to do, called a timeout of their own, made some adjustments, and then uh, Fatu Aoli got right into Nate Davis's face, and the pass fell incomplete to Terrell Smith right there, and that was the end of the game. So game was over, and then Duke City is now the CIF Southern – Conference champion, the Salina Liberty are the Northern Conference champion. After the re- after the whole situation is set up, if it would have went a different way with the Amarillo Venom winning, they would the the format is they reseed. And if they would have reseeded, the Amarillo Venom would have hosted the championship game. But in this case, it was the Duke City Gladiators that ended up and will end up hosting the championship game against the line of Liberty next Saturday. Uh, not mark that not next Saturday, but the Saturday after next. So we're 13 days away from the championship game of champions indoor football. So exciting stuff going on as far as the league that I represent and what's going on. Some exciting things as far as that's concerned. So we just did it. We covered what was going on in champions indoor football to start out this show um, that being said, of course, that's the name of the show. What we're going to do, we're going to hop into our first break. And when we come back, guys, we're going to hopefully get Cuervo in here and jump right in there. If not, there is a certain, um, there is a certain thing I want to talk about uh, if we have to wait to get Cuervo in. So that's what we'll do. We'll take our first break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. You're listening to that being said. Our Sunday morning tradition continues on into our 10th season. We'll be back. This is Sunny Clark Radio, voice of your Raleigh Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunny Clark Radio, voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggies Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. 
This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett, give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus, two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett, give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com.
right, we are back on the couch to take the sports show. Bonnie Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. As we are here, we will be talking about the AFC and the NFC East. We're going to give our previews on what we see going on in these divisions. Now, we're going to kick this thing off in reality, and we're going to start over in the uh, AFC and over in the AFC East. And that being said... It is the MVP of the Couch Potato Sports Show, Cuervo. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing? I'll click the button. There you are. What's going on, big dog? Hey, hey, Sonny. Hey, you're the real MVP, my friend. I wouldn't be doing Uh this show if if I hadn't met you that day. So, Sonny, you, (laughs) sir are the real MVP of the show. Well, let's just say we might not be doing this show unless I met you in Las Vegas. So uh, so that's the reason why. But we are here, man. It's an exciting time because what do we do best in, in reality, Cuervo? NFL We break football. them down, baby. We break it down, baby. And that's just what we do, and that's just what we do best. And that having been said, there's no time like the present and get started. Let's start. And we are going to start in the AFC East because I let people know that we were going to do the NFC East in the final half of the show. So let's do it. Head on over to the AFC East. Last year, the New England Patriots obviously won the Super Bowl, obviously uh, took the AFC East with an 11-5 record. Miami came back behind them at 7-9. and nine. Buffalo was 6-10, and 10, and the Jets were a pathetic 4-12. and 12. No great big surprise to me. Um, hopefully you're writing this down, Cuervo, because I am, because I, I, I did it last year, but I had no clue where I put the spiral notebook. Uh, but that being said, I'm going to kind of keep track of the spiral notebook a little bit better this year. So when you take a look at what I think we were pretty much on last year. I don't know if you had our predictions or picks from last year, but that having been said, I don't think we were very far off because I had the New York Jets in last place, if I'm not mistaken. You know, so, I mean, what do you remember about that? Oh, Sonny, give me about five seconds. I still have everything written down from last year. So I had it too, but I, to... I think when I moved around a little bit, I moved uh, my uh, my results and everything of what we did on on the show. So um, and the certain spiral notebook, which I keep about twelve of them. So in case I, I just never want to run out of paper. But uh, that being said. Uh, you know, last year, I mean, this one was a kind of an easy uh, division of football as far as picking the winner because, in reality, until someone decides that they're going to spread their legs, Cuervo, this is the division uh, for the New England Patriots, sort of like what we were talking about in the past years when we were talking about the Indianapolis Colts. It is the New England Patriots division to lose. No, it definitely is, and it, it, it'll – continue to be that way until uh, two certain individuals retire. And I think it doesn't take a scientist to figure that who those two people out, who, who yeah, they are. So, um, <laughs> you know, so 
uh, you know, we're not we're not we're not hitting the head couple button anytime soon and, and making any uh, breaking no, news. Ah, no big news there. there. <laughs> Here it is. Here are the 2018-19 season NFL predictions brought to you by the Couch Potato Sports Show. So Dark where do you wearable. want me to start what with, Sonny? Well, uh, go so, ahead and start with me since you're talking about it. How did I do in the AFC East when we picked this division of football? Okay, so uh, first of all, let's go ahead and I'm gonna I'm gonna say who actual like the actual final standing. So obviously, New England won the division. Uh, Miami mm-hmm. had finished in second. Uh, Buffalo was third, nine. and then the Jets finished fourth. So. That's correct. At seven and nine, yeah, or at four and twelve, the Jets were. So, Sonny, your predictions last year were that the Miami Dolphins were going to finish last, and they finished second. Wow! You did get Buffalo wow. right. You did get Buffalo okay. right with uh, them finishing third. Uh, so all you had to do was switch Miami and the Jets, and you would have had a perfect division. So got it. That's the only thing. That's the only the only one you got wrong. Me on right. the other hand, <laughs> me on the other hand, completely bombed the whole division with the exception of New England. I had Buffalo finishing second, I had the Jets in third, and I had Miami finishing last. So I missed on all three of those. Uh, hooray for me! But I did get New England <laughs> right. So hey, hey, I guess that's the freebie, it, like right? I said though, it is the division for for them to lose. You know. Wasn't really, you know, it, it goes back to consistency because going back in years and years in this division of football, you know, it has mm-hmm. been New England for the last 13 years, so that's not any great big secret. But it's whether or not we're going to get a step up from the other three teams in this division of football. And not only that, the Patriots, when they've been doing it, Cuervo, if you take a look at the, you know, the years past in this. And and I just happened to be able to see them if my last year, you know, thirteen and three for the uh, New England Patriots, or the year before that, 2017, the Patriots were thirteen and three, and the Buffalo Bills four games behind. Wow, same amount of games as this this year. You go back to 2016 within this uh, uh, conference as well. New England won the division again by 14 games or by four games, finishing 14 and two. Miami 10, uh, 10 and six behind them. Then in 2015, when you looked at this conference or this division of football, it was only two games. That's when the Jets were trying to win football games, and they won quite a bit in reality. But the Patriots were 12 and four. The next team closest uh, were two, uh, 10 and six. So two games back in 2014 so when you are are 15 so when you looked at that and where it kind of all looks you look the last we're talking four games uh for three years then uh two uh or then three and then three again so or so two then three again so you know know, so when they lose a Tom Brady for the first four games or they lose guys to injuries or they try to do it. It doesn't matter, especially if they get a win within those games where they're not there because they seem to be able to handle these three teams in this division of football fairly easily. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that, that might settle the argument of, you know, who's more important or who's more valuable to the, 
to the team is it, is it Tom Brady or is it Bill Belichick? This right here makes a strong argument that Bill Belichick is, is definitely the deciding factor because what this tells you is that even without Tom Brady, um, they can still win football games. They can still be a threat. They can still be a, you know, a team that, that can go out there and, like I said, win games. Uh, we don't know what the Patriots are without Bill Belichick. Um, so with that said, I mean, hell, they even won a division one year without Tom Brady. So, yep. again, I mean, that, that makes a strong argument as far as, you know, look, Belichick is, is the more valuable guy. Than, than Brady, but uh, but I mean I know that's not what this discussion's about. I mean this is more just about you know the team and 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 what they've been able to do without Brady and um you know it just shows that you know it's kind of systematic, but I think it's also a big thing that that a lot of a lot of times it doesn't get mentioned. Sonny is that it's the buy-in. You know, it, it, you know, we always hear about the Patriot way. That's a real thing. I don't know what yeah. the Patriot way means exactly, and I don't think anybody knows unless you have been part of that fraternity uh, that is the New England Patriots. But whatever it means, it's working because you look at the level of, of success that they've had over the past 15 years, and you can't argue against it. So, um you know, that's why they're going to continue to be successful, and that's why I'm going to continue to pick them to win this division until those two guys, like I said, uh, are no longer with the squad. They're no longer with the franchise. So, um, you know, I mean, you can't argue against it, Sonny. You you talked about it. Yep. The past few years, they've won this division by at least three to four games every single year. So it's not like anybody's closing the gap you know, I mean there, there's a huge gap of of, of uh, you know as far as talent or as far as you know just competitiveness in that in that division so I, I don't see how you can't pick the Patriots in this division again exactly it's one of those things but we don't go to first to the end, so we'll hold off on that. We all know who we're picking in this division as far as first place, second place, or first place. But second and third and fourth place is where we end up going. So let's do that. Let's talk about it, and what we'll do is we'll go by who I think is going to finish in fourth place. <clears throat> we'll talk about that team, and then after we're done talking about that team, we will see what Cuervo's predictions are for for that position of football. So we'll do that. So let's do that. Let's go to the team that I think is just, you know, not ready to play football. And they haven't been ready to play football. They showed it last year. They finished last in this division last year. And really, to be honest, they have not done anything when you take a look at the offseason moves or whatever the case may be um, to say, hey, this is a team that you have got to worry about. And because right now, when you look at the Jets and where were they, you know, the question would be if you're looking at the Jets, will they even finish 500 in this division of football? And you know, so, and, and I don't think, you know, 
even you know eight and eight is anything close to what they can do. I look at the season that's upcoming. They won four games last year. If they get two more up on top of it, they'll end up winning six games within this division. If that being said, that's not going to still be enough because I think I see some movement on the other two teams besides the Patriots as far as improving but I just don't see what's going on here. I mean, we can talk about the the addition at the running back position. If you want to think that that is something that is really going to help this football team, of course, we're talking about Le'Veon Bell. You can feel good about that. But I didn't feel good about Le'Veon Bell because of the chemistry factor in Pittsburgh, and he was there for a long period of time. Now he goes to a different football team where there's no there's no chemistry at all. No one knows him. No one knows his tendencies. No one knows what he can really do. So, you know, when you look at the Jets, you saw Bell, and that's it, because really the rest of it, Cuervo, is a big-time question mark for the rest of the team. And even at the team at the running back position, that's a question mark. So when you take a look at the Jets, Cuervo, Tell me what you are seeing for this football team as they move forward into this next season in 2019. <clears throat> well, Sonny, I mean, I, I pretty much the notes that I took, just so everybody knows what I'm going to be going over when we're when we're breaking these divisions down. I look at what you've done in the off season. You know, um, absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think you have to, and that includes coaching staff. That includes you know who you. Big name, big time draft picks, uh, you know things like that. What have you done to improve your roster? And when I went back and I looked at the Jets, uh, I've got I've got quite a bit of notes about their coaching staff and their and their front office. You know, everybody knows the story about the whole issue with uh, them. You know, firing uh, the GM just days after the draft. It's like, hey, thanks for drafting. Uh, our guys, you can go now. I thought that was a real kick in the uh, in the groin for that guy, uh, Mike Mike McCannon or however you say his name. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty classless move by the New York Jets, to be honest with you. So, what do they do uh, after they fire? They turn around and they make their brand new head coach, Adam Gase, the acting <laughs> general manager. What? I, I I mean I it just very questionable things, Sonny, up front going on exactly. Yeah, I laughed too when I when I read uh, you know went back and I looked at that. But I will tell you this: um, they did get Greg Williams as their defensive coordinator. I think that's a good hire. I like hire. that. I like um, that. Uh, Dowell Loggins. A lot of people don't know him. Uh, but myself being the Chicago Bear fan I am, I'm familiar with him uh, because he was in Chicago. Uh, he's become the offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. So I thought that was a pretty decent pickup. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how they look on offense with Sam Darnold going into his second year now. Uh, you know, we can get into the whole sophomore slump thing, but we only have three hours on the show. So we're not yeah. going to get into that. <laughs> At least I'm not going to. <laughs> so, you already mentioned, look, Le'Veon Bell is a huge upgrade in the backfield, okay? The money, eh. you know, I mean, they you got to pay for guys like that. And, yes. you know, the Jets were the team that were willing to pay, so for them, hey, hopefully it works out for them. Uh, but hey, the by the way, Cuervo, when you talk about that, you talk about the money, just really quick, let me interject before you move on. 
Because I have people ask me, you know, how is that going to affect the team? How is how are the other players going to look at a Le'Veon Bell, you know, seeing the money that he's going to be making compared to obviously what they are and how much of that will be determined? And to me, I think that's easy if you have the coaching staff with the experience for that to understand it, okay? Adam Gates, 17 years, that's some, that, those are some years, but he's the lead guy. And he's got only and, – and when I say only, he's got only 17 years. So what that has to happen is Greg Williams, who has 28 years in coaching, has got to try to teach some of these guys to understand that, hey, Le'Veon Bell's going to get his money, let's just play football. How much of a resentment for some of the other players of the money that is being paid to Bell in order to come and play? I think with this team, because this team is not stable, and if it does stable out, it's not going to be because of Adam Gates. It's not going to be from Brad. Uh, Brant Boyer. It's not going to be from Donald Loggins. It's going to come from Greg Williams, who have 28 years in the business. Now, will that be his position? Will he take on that role? I don't know, but defensively, you're talking about a football team that, you know, traditionally, if that's what you want to do and put those uh, little air quotes up, traditionally, are a good defensive football team. So, you've got the guy on the other side of the ball making money. No, and, and you know what? I mean, honestly, Sonny, if there are guys in the locker room that want to make the argument of why is he getting paid more than everyone else, and, you know, if I was head coach, I'd be like, you know why? Because he's doing more than everybody else. Let's face yep. it. Let's be honest. The Jets' offense is abysmal, okay? Yep. I mean, if you go back and you look at who the – most productive wide receiver was, you're probably looking at Keyshawn maybe Johnson. a little maybe a little <laughs> bit more than half. Yeah, a little bit more than half of what most teams are getting from their top receivers. Oh, Running backs. Got it. You're 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 getting probably right around half of what you're getting from the elite guys in this league. So if you want elite money, you gotta put up elite numbers. And guess what? Say what you want about Le'Veon Bell. You can have your opinion about him and how he handled this whole situation uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But what you can't deny are the numbers that he put up and what he brings to the table as a dual threat running back. So that's why he's mm-hmm. getting paid what he's getting paid. So you can either you can either complain about not you know feeling like you're not getting paid enough, or you can step on that field. And you can do something about it, and you can prove your worth to the franchise. And you know what? When when things like that happen, teams look at it and they're like, "Hey, look at what this guy did." Uh, yep. Yeah, he's gonna. He we're, we're gonna we're gonna pay him. You know what I mean? So it's it's like the the crying over spilt milk saying. I mean, there, there's no yep. there's no use in it. So you can you can either sit there and. and and feel sorry for yourself and, and talk about how you don't you don't think you're not getting paid enough. Just look at your numbers, man. Like that, that that's what drives salary is production. That's that's it's it's a business. As much as mm-hmm. you love the game of football, like it is still a business and you can't you don't get paid based on how much you love the game. If if you could, 
everybody would get would be getting hundred million dollar contracts. Absolutely. But that's not the way it works. Good point. So yep. you know, everybody plays the game because they love the game and I understand that. But you have to go out there and you have to put up the big numbers. So Yeah. I'm sorry, Chris Ivory, him and Balal Powell, they're they're two running backs. Them two combined can't even do what Le'Veon Bell has done on the field. So Absolutely. Those are, those you know are I mean? career backups in reality because neither one of them, even to the extent Ivory had a little stint, you know, but it was nothing to write home to mama about in reality. So the upgrade definitely is at the running back position. But, you know, I was reading an article and I found, I, I you know, I, I kind of chuckled, okay, B- because I, the the way it read Cuervo is, is that, you know, the New York Jets gangrene. Um, they quietly have a quote-unquote dangerous group of receivers. Okay, <laughs> and, and I was like, "Oh, sorry, wow, let's take a let, let's let's take a look at this." Okay, uh, Robbie Anderson. Um, what? Who? Yeah, R- Robbie. An- who? Well, who? that's who? the only Sonny. That's the only one that I would say is halfway decent. He's halfway right. decent. Then they got. Quincy Inuana, I I don't even know. No clue. Zero. Zero clue. Cuervo, I had to hit the Google button because I didn't even know who this guy is. And then, now I've heard of Jameson Crowder, but again, these guys, I wouldn't quote-unquote call dangerous wide receivers because neither one, any of these three are at best number three wide receivers on good football teams. So I, you know, calling them dangerous is really a stretch, but you know, so already they're behind the eight ball. And so you look at it, Gates is behind the eight ball already because he has nobody that he can catch, uh, have someone catch the ball from the quarterback. And that is a big, you, know, you want to talk abysmal? It might even get worse this year. They won four games last year, Cuervo. You know, something tells me that if they could get six, you've got you to be jumping for joy. But I don't even know if they're even going to get the four they got last year, Cuervo. And this is part of the problem. they got nobody to throw the football to. Never mind the fact that you're quarterback. Yeah, and you know, I mean, that, and that's why I think offensively, you know, obviously, Darnold is going to be the deciding factor in how good the Jets yep. are, uh, as far as offensively is concerned. Uh, they also did pick up Josh Bellamy, who uh, is a was a Chicago Bear last year. I think he was, I want to say he was the number four guy for the Bears. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he's yeah. he's now part of that Huge dangerous uh, receiving core that the Jets have. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know where that came from, but uh, that's yeah, that you, well, you know, I get, I try to get information from a lot of different, different places instead of just going to one, because you know, mm-hmm. I, I just, found, I just found it yeah. funny, you know, how they, how they described it. So it's probably a Homer place that I read it from. But I will say this, Querbo, when you look at the Jets and what they've done traditionally has always had a somewhat decent defense. You, you could talk about C.J. Mosley, Darren Lee, uh, uh, Jamal Adams, and Marcus May. These guys, these guys are good, 
okay, especially the young ones, uh, Adams and May. I think those guys have got some talent. But, you know, I, I, I can't help but think about the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they are going to do. You know, you've got a good core on the defense, especially there on this line here, Cuervo, and then the secondary with the youngsters. But how much are they going to put out? I, you know, when I watch the Jaguars and – that how great that defense is, was supposed to be last year. I am convinced that when a defense sees that they are busting their butt for a team that has nothing that can you can say, oh, this is great, you don't get the full effect on the defensive side of the ball. I really believe that, and I don't know if Sam Darnold's enough to do that. I know these wide receivers aren't enough to do that. So the Jets key to this season in reality, Cuervo, if you're going to have that halfway decent defense that they have, they have to win some games early, and that's going to be key for the Jets if they are going to improve or even make it to those four games of victory that they got last year. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, you know, and, and you know, defensively, um, you know, they make they made a big signing, uh, actually two big signings if you if you really look at it. I, love, I like C.J. Mosley. Uh, I think he's a little yep. undersized, but I think that if uh, they utilize him in, in, in the way that they should, which is which is probably, you know, one of the inside because I think the Jets run a three-four if I remember correctly. They so you put him at one of those one of those inside backers. Um, you know, him and Darren Lee, I think, is, is a good combo of of guys that you can have on the inside of that linebacking core. Um, yep. And then they and then they drafted Quentin Williams from Alabama last uh, in the draft number three overall. That's obviously a big time upgrade because losing Sheldon Richardson, losing Mahama Wilkerson, you had to replace them eventually. And you know Quentin Williams is a guy that that can be a stone wall once he gets the feel of the of the NFL, uh, you know, game at the NFL level. So I think that's a, I think they they definitely drafted the right guy. Um, just based on availability and need. So uh, I, I do give props to the Jets for taking the guy that they should have taken. Um, yes. So, yes. Good uh, point. I, I, overall, Sonny, I, I think I've, I've kind of liked what the Jets have done so far this offseason. It's not anything spectacular. It's not going to be something that takes them into the playoffs and, and, and they're a threat to the Patriots. But I do think it closes the gap a little bit. I will say that. So when you're looking at the Jets, now I got them finishing dead last. I mean, I, I like some of the upgrades, and not only that, the third rounders that they got. I I I, I, I like Hawaii and I like uh, Iganda, I, but I don't know will they will they be immediate and jump in and do this. So I never trust that Cuervo. So that being said even with some of the, the add-ons and stuff, I don't have them out of finishing dead last in the cellar of this division of football. So where do you have the Jets finishing in this division of football? So you might be a little surprised, Sonny, uh, but have them at worst finishing third, maybe even depending on a game you know, maybe one game deciding the difference between them and Miami being in second. So, uh, right now, I'll leave them at third. But uh, as the off season moves on, uh, I may decide if if we do a uh, 
Hey, I changed my yeah, mind. Reboot. Uh, show. Yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah, reboot. reboot. We'll, yeah, turn it, so, we'll turn it around and reboot it. <laughs> exactly. So who knows? At that point in time, I, I may feel a little more comfortable putting them in second, but I definitely think that they're going to have a better season than they did last year. I I I, I want to see it first. So hey, maybe maybe that'll work. Maybe not. I don't know. I want to see the proof before the pudding. That means it's always runny before it thickens up. So, having been said, that's the reason why I got them finishing last in the division of uh, of football. Now, that being said, of course, that's the name of that show. We, our, our show, we'll move on to who is the team that I think is going to finish in third place. And it's not, I, I think we're, we, we're not right on the same here, so I'll be very interested to see where Cuervo has the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you talk about what's going on, you know, as far as this football team is concerned. Whether it's who they got, okay? Third-round draft pick, uh, Dawson Knox. I actually like this pick, and the reason the reason why I like that is because of what this guy is, okay? this is, you, He didn't play in his senior year over at Ole Miss, okay? This part, I, I actually did a little research on this because – I think, and because I think he could have actually went higher, but the fact that he didn't play his final years is the reason why he was able to slip down. So I like the fact that they go out and get Dawson Knox. Uh, Dawson I like that. I might have been a stretch based up on what he put out on the football in the senior year, which was nothing. But you know, think think about all the other ones they got. That, they got all their guys signed that they went out and got in the draft. Will they make an impact? I don't know. But the, the most of what I want to look at is where this team is going to be, okay? The, the, the top ten, you know, pick that they get, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, we don't know. But here's one thing I love, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa was the right pick for this football team. This was a guy that I think can make some direct impact on what they are going to do. And then they also got Alabama's uh, Quinn uh, Williams as well. So you look at these kind of things and where they're, you know, slowly moving up. Now, I love me some Josh Allen, but he kind of finds it, falls into the Sam Darnold position with me, Cuervo. You know, I like his quote-unquote potential. Will that potential come out on the football field? That's going to be the biggest question in reality. All football is all about quarterbacks. And so Josh Allen, he's going to have to be the guy. But you look at some of these other guys that they have gotten in the draft. Devin White, number five. Okay. You know, guys that, but, um, and then Ed Oliver, number nine overall at one point. And then you got Devin Bush in a linebacker. I, I see a lot of movement for this football team. I, my first indication was going second place. But I want chemistry. I want to see the chemistry before I take the sec- that next step, Cuervo, in which is putting the Buffalo Bills in second place. I just can't do it. I want to see it out on the football field. So when you look at the Buffalo Bills, I got them going in third in this division. What do you think about the Bills and their uh, opportunity to move forward and may- maybe take that step into the second spot of what you're talking about maybe? Or do you see them taking a step backwards? I do, Sonny. So I got I actually uh I'm putting Buffalo in last this year. The reason okay. I'm doing that is because I just I don't see the improvements 
in this football team. Like, and this is nothing against Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's a good quarterback, and I think he's gonna he's going to develop into a, a very you know, reliable uh, type quarterback. Um, the issue that I have with him, though, is I think he has uh, a. I think it's pretty obvious he has a gunslinger's mentality, and sometimes that right. can get you in trouble in this league. And I think last year he caught some breaks, um, you know, winning that game in, in Minnesota the way they did. Uh, you know, you play that game five times. Uh, that's the only time that Buffalo comes out with the win. I'm sorry. It just, they just, you know, they just caught breaks uh, in that game. So being able to, you know, beat the Minnesota Vikings at home uh, was a huge break for the Buffalo Bills. And that's a game that they shouldn't have won. So, uh, if you think right. about it, in reality, five and eleven is something that definitely could have happened. Uh, so, with that being said, that, that's why I, I think they take a step back. I do like who they drafted. I mean, Ed Oliver is a guy that's going to replace yep. Kyle Williams. Um, he's not, he doesn't have the size of a Kyle Williams, uh, and he's obviously not a fan favorite yet. But uh, he is a guy that I think he can get to the quarterback. Uh, very quick. He's explosive, just like Kyle Williams, but he's faster. Uh, like I said, not as big, though. Uh, but I'll tell you, the guy to look out for, uh, the rookie to look out for in Buffalo, and this is the guy that Bills should be excited about, is Devin Singletary, the running back that they drafted in the second round. This is a guy that I think is going to compete with Shady McCoy for the starting job, and he's eventually mm-hmm. going to take over that starting job. And, hey, you know, I love Shady McCoy, don't get me wrong, but the guy – the guys, you know, he's got a lot of miles on those those legs uh, and that body in, in general. And, and I think he's a guy that has lost a step. Um, so I think Devin Singletary is a guy that's going to step in and, uh, you know, take over that running back role and, and you know, do – you know, it's gonna, he's going to remind you of Shady back in yep. the Eagles days. And, and you know, because he's very elusive uh, – you know, and he's a playmaker. So um, I do like that. But other than that, Sonny, I mean, uh, unless I missed something, I, I I didn't see Buffalo really do. Uh, they weren't they weren't active in free agency. They weren't active in the off season to really try and improve this roster. So to me, when when teams do that, I I tend to you know put them a step back from where they were last right. year. Um, so that's, yeah, that's Corey, why when they didn't go for those left. names I was talking about, you know, those names, by the way, Sonny hadn't lost his mind. I missed, I missed the line. These were guys that, that Buffalo passed on. I mean, so, you know, they end up with Oliver, but they got some guys that they passed up on that I think really could have helped them. But I also, but I also like the Ed Oliver pick at where they got him. Um, and because of the domino effect, you know, what the Giants did and everything else caused all those names that I was talking about not end up on, on, the, on the Buffalo team or could have ended up on the Buffalo team, depending on obviously where they were. But the, the simple fact of the matter is, is where they were picking at the number, I think, where, where were they? Number nine, Cuervo, if I'm not mistaken. They were either yeah, eight or nine. nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. them grabbing up at Oliver was almost like the best thing that could have that, that they could have got compared to. But when when the Giants did what they did, it, it created a lot of opportunities. And 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 what I wanted to Raiders. see was Buffalo. 
true. I wanted to see him make a move. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you can bust, yeah. you bust a move. You got some guys. You got two guys that you weren't expecting. I wanted to see Buffalo make the move. And Buffalo is a team that does not jump in the draft or make crazy picks uh, that you would think or make moves that are, you know, really, um, you know, uncharacteristic of a football team. You just don't see them popping up like that. Um, unless it's in the later rounds where it doesn't matter. I mean, I really can care less if Buffalo jumps, you know, in the in the uh, third or fourth round up. Okay, I want to see more ballsy moves at the top. Um, but that's not what this franchise does, Cuervo. But, you know, I, where they're going to go, how they're going to do it, I don't know. I, I, I talk about teams that when they start pulling new guys on their football team, it, you know, in – yeah, how how it's going to do, just like I did with the uh, Jets. Uh, but what I've been seeing a, a lot of is a lot of improvement. Now, the 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 fact that the um, the linebacker Tyrell Dobson got arrested, you know, doesn't help the mm-hmm. situation. Um, you know, but you know, you think about it. I just think when you jump on your offensive line to protect your guy. And they did, Cuervo. That is the, that's where if you if, if you can't if you cannot upgrade at the quarterback position, you upgrade on the offensive line. And I think they did it and that is the reason why I think they're going to move forward. I wish they would have had those opportunities with those other guys I meant where I was talking. Sonny didn't think that Bosa was on the team. I know where Bosa is, but I would have liked to see some ballsy moves and we're not seeing that but being consistent is what the Bills have been able to do. Hell, they made it to the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor. they got to be able to at least figure something out. And it has to start with the offensive line if you got your quote-unquote quarterback, Cuervo. Yeah, and I think Buffalo does. It's just it, – it's, it's very similar to what we've talked about for the past couple of years, and I wish Tarvin was here. But with his guy Cam Newton, uh, you know, Cam Newton's not a slouch. It's just – yeah, sometimes he's got a bad attitude. But the problem with Cam is that he really hasn't had, since Steve Smith, uh, he hasn't really had a guy that he can rely on to make plays. And and, and right. don't get me wrong, I love I love Greg Olson to death. You know what I mean? I mean, the Bears drafted him, so I've always been a Greg Olson fan. But the guy's been having a lot of health issues. And so he a lot of times he's not in the lineup. He's not available, so... Uh, you know, that's a guy that Panthers have missed out on using uh, the past couple of years. So bless you. Uh, so, with that, you. you know, with right. that said, um, you know, it's the same thing with Josh Allen. Uh, you know, I mean, Jordan Matthews, uh, he's, he's going to, I think, well, he had went back to the Eagles, but I think he sent someone else now. And I can't remember. Uh, I, I, yeah. I didn't look into that one, but you know, Robert Woods was drafted by the uh, by the Buffalo Bills. You know, and now he's now he's in the Super Bowl with the Rams. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so uh-huh. the Buffalo Bills have had guys that they've let go, and now they're looking back and they're like, "Damn, why did we let this guy go? Why did we let that guy go?" Absolutely, a guy that you're a guy that you're very familiar with, Marquise Goodwin, who just won a million dollars on a forty-yard dash. By the way, um, yes, I'm sure you heard that story. I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was a Buffalo Bill. 
how come? Where, where's he at? You know what I mean? So Buffalo has really missed out on, on opportunities to hold on to guys that, that, could, that could have made a difference if they had just been but, patient. Yeah. And, yep. you know, the opportunity came for them to get a quarterback, and now they have it, but now they have nobody to throw them the football. Yeah, and, and or, the Marquise Good one was that they gave up. They just thought this guy was the speed guy, and he goes to San Francisco and becomes a star over there. But, you know, but I exactly. think where the, the Bills going out in reality and grabbing up that cheap center, uh, what was his name, uh, uh, Mitch Moore. Giving, I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, that's about as ballsy as they get. I mean, if four, if four, here it is, four years, $44 million deal. He's the highest uh, highest center in the league. So that was that was a big move. So And, and then sure. Trent Brown, $16.5 mm-hmm. And then Juwan James, which, by the way, I think they got for a bargain, at, and I know it sounds stupid, but for 12.75, I think they got a bargain with Juwan uh, James in reality. So they beefed up that offensive line then. That's why I, I, I got a little bit more oomph for the Bills, but you know, I don't know. So, so you have the Bills finishing last in this division. I got them going third. I got the Jets in last in this division. You guys them in third with the possibility of moving to second, which in turn then reality Cuervo puts us at that second place team. And that second place team, at least initially, for both of us are the Miami Dolphins. Now, there's been a lot of talk. First of all. I think this team was actually getting pretty good. And I think the moves that were made, especially in the coaching, was the biggest deal that they needed. And I think, you know, whatever you you can say, whatever you want about Adam Gates, everybody else, you know, but they made an upgrade at a very big position. Okay. All right. So, and, and we can talk about the quarterback, but I'm actually talking about the head coach. Because once you get rid of an Adam Gates and everything else, you put yourself in a better position to win football games. So, I, to me, you know, Adam Gates is, you know, is just a just a little bit below my favorite head coach. You know who that is, right, Corey? You know who my favorite head coach is, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He just <laughs> left uh, Tampa Adam, Bay. Yeah. Just a little <laughs> bit low, a little bit higher than my guy, but you know, still bad. So that being said, Cuervo, the Miami Dolphins, you know, obviously upgraded at the quarterback position. Say whatever you want, they have. So, so what do you think about the Buffalo, uh, the Miami Dolphins? Why do you got them quite possibly finishing second, or depending on what the Jets are able to do to improve, may, maybe moving to third? What 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 are you saying? Hmm. Miami Dolphins second place. Yeah, I see that. Well, I, I, I somehow it's it's like Miami surprises you almost every year. You think they're going to be a yes. bad team, or you think they're going to fall on their face, and then they do things like beat New England, uh, you know, at home, yes. and yes. you know they beat the Bears. At which, home, by the way, I was the re- only one that picked. Thank you very much, and it's on recording. So you know, for anybody who thinks that Sonny Clark is full of it. Just go back into the archives. Yeah, go ahead, Dirk Weber. Sorry. Yeah, Sonny. Well, I mean, you know, every every squirrel finds a nut every now and then. So. Hey, every once <laughs> I'm in kidding. a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, I mean, they beat the Bears at home, which made me very angry, by the way. Uh, but uh, anyways, yeah. 
but anyway, with that being said, I mean, you know, so so Miami caught some breaks, you know, this year uh, with two yeah. games that they won. Um, but that's not why I have them finishing second. I've had them finishing second because of now I'm not I'm not as much in love with the Rosen trade as some people are. Uh, I I don't see much of an upgrade there. I think I think him and Tannehill are all the same guy. To be honest with you, just a little uh, bit younger well, though. Maybe maybe yeah he is use what, what, what the 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 use um it made the youth movement down in Miami, you know, maybe with the youth, it may be a change in mind because thinking Ryan Tannehill, you're thinking about the same old, same old. Yeah. I mean, as far as starting uh, roles are concerned, yes, I did. I do think they got younger. Uh, don't forget though, their backup is, is the, the one and only Mr. Ryan Fitz magic. So he's oh, down in Miami God. now. The worst uh, nickname in the NFL history. <laughs> uh, I can think of some other ones, but uh, that one's uh, still. So. Uh, but, <laughs> but here's, here's what I found interesting about Miami. Yeah, I, I, you're right. They did get younger, some, but they're stockpiling on draft picks that really isn't going to yeah. really make a difference for them. I mean, when they traded away Ryan Tannehill – they got a seventh and a fourth round pick in return. When they traded Robert Quinn to the Dallas Cowboys, they got a yes. sixth round pick in return. So are these really are these difference making trades or are these just salary dumps? Because that's what they seem like to me. It's just that's salary exactly dumps. Exactly what they are, Cuervo, because how often does the you know what the the seventh rounder make a football team? You know or, or the sixth rounder make a football team. They, right. It, uh, exactly. Uh, so Here's my thing. The reason I like Miami, though, is because of who they have as a head coach. And I'm not saying he's the saving grace, but, you know, a guy like a Brian Flores who knows defense, who knows the New England Patriots, so it wouldn't surprise me if they beat New England again this year. Uh, I think I'm going to roll with you this time on that pick if you do it again. Um, so... Um, <laughs> But I, I think I think that I think this is going to be a team that the defense carries them throughout the year. I think the defense is actually going to be very good uh, down in Miami, and I think they're going to be. That's going to be the reason why uh, they win. They're going to win a lot of tight games. Uh, you're going to see a lot of three point games, four point games that the Dolphins wind up winning. Uh, yes. You know they're not going to dominate. And they were in a lot they're not really of them. Dominate. What's that? And they were in a lot of them. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's going to be the same thing this year uh, because of who they have as a head coach. He's very familiar with the rest of the division. Uh, so I don't think Miami really misses a beat as far as how they did last year, finishing seven and nine. I have them about the same record, maybe going eight and eight this time. Um but that, that's why I've got them finishing second. It's not going to be anything impressive, uh, but what I will say is that just the familiarity uh, that's within the, the, the organization, uh, it, it just seems like in this division they keep everything within the division. So, um, right. you know, obviously Adam Gase going from Miami to the Jets. Uh, you know, Brian Flores going from New England to Miami. So it's like, 
it's like coaches are moving around, but they're staying within that division. So um, I think I think that's what makes it so competitive uh, between the other three uh, outside of the New England Patriots, you know, fighting for that second spot. So, um, but I think again, Miami gets the, the edge in my opinion, just because of how well I think the defense is going to be. Definitely, and the defense is, is a pick. I. I, I I am I'm I'm all for the Rosen. I mean, if if he was the guy was doomed when they hired the coach, you know, over there in Arizona. So the guy was doomed. The question is, is was he going to go to a team? Now, some people would say, well, going to the NFC or the AFC East, you know, you know, you're just going to bottom feed behind the the Patriots, and that may be so, but sometimes that second place bottom feed team in that division could slip into the playoffs. So you got to at least the opportunity and you go with the team in reality. And, and when you look at the team and when you look at where, where they could possibly go, I mean, you're, you're talking about a football team last year that was seven and nine. Now they're not very far away from eight and eight or nine and seven. Now, this is not the NFC where a 9-7 and seven might get you into the playoffs, i.e. the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Um, but, you know, it, but if they could just get that one more to where they get that 10th win, it could put them in a position where they might be able to gain up a wild card. Now, you know, you know Pittsburgh missed it. They missed the uh, playoffs last year at a 9-6 record, okay? The Colts got in with a 10 win. So, I mean, when you're looking at playoffs and you're thinking about Miami knows they're not going to win this division, so their main goal has got to be 10 if they they are very serious about making the playoffs. And that that's and will they will they go out and bust a nut to try to do it? And sometimes when I think about that uh, team, and when I think about what's going to happen, do do we get a football team that will go out? and bust that nut to do it. And and they had to get a quarterback. And you're talking about, a, you know, the top draft pick from last year's draft that, you know, pretty much fell right into their, their pocket, Cuervo. So in reality, when you think about it, they really didn't even have a choice. I think they had to do this move because of the fact that you are losing what you did at the quarterback with Ryan Tannehill. Maybe you get the same guy, but maybe you get a younger guy that might be able to be more teachable. And I think that's what they're kind of depending on. And, you know, Rosen didn't have a great season. I'm not going to be – but that team wasn't made for Rosen to be good, that be, i.e., the Arizona Cardinals last year, because of the coaching, because of the players, and the only guy that he could throw the ball to was the guy that was going to catch it, um, you know, in Larry, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, he utilized him as much as he could in reality – so now he's get the opportunity to get some of these younger guys and maybe get an opportunity to get the ball in somebody else's hands. And I, I like the pick, and I think that's going to be one of the things. Uh, and now that's not the reason why I think they hop into second place. I think I go back to what you were saying, Cuervo, on the defensive side of the ball is the reason why they get there because I think that they might be able to get those games that you're talking about, the one and two and three-point games that they're usually in, and maybe they can get up over the hump and get an actual W instead of an L. Yeah, exactly, because, you know, I mean, how many times on NFL Red Zone, which, by the way, that's how you should be watching football, how many times Absolutely. on Red Zone, though, have we have we seen 
you know, the, the witching hour, as Scott Hansen likes to call it, where you've got mm-hmm. teams with one-score games. And, you know, for, for a lot of teams, all they have to do is just make one defensive stop. And how many times did we see teams not get it done? And mm-hmm. they wind up letting the game slip out of their hands because of it. Well, I think Miami's going to be a team that if they're put in that situation, I think they're going to have enough experience. They're going to have enough players on the defensive side of the ball that are going to make plays for them. You know, guys like uh, like Aminka Fitzpatrick at safety. Uh, that, uh, you know, guys up front that, uh, that I think are going to, you know, just be difference makers. So that's why, that's why, you know, for me, I think when it comes down to those last minute games, they're going to, they're going to be the team that I think is going to have things fall, fall in place for them, especially if when it comes down to defense and especially a guy like Flores, who, who's probably one of the best at situational football like that, where, you know, you need to stop at the end of a game uh, and, and you need to, you know, to, to seal the win, stuff like that. I mean, the, the guy, how many times did you see the, the Patriots go through that and they come out on top? So, you know, I, I, it's not it's not a sexy pick for a head coach, Sonny, but I tell you, for, for a young team, and a, a team that's building like the Miami Dolphins, I think this, I think this could wind up being a good hire for them. I think it could be too, and and it's going to be a very interesting division. And and, and then then you get the the and and, and I'm not I don't even, I'm not even going to waste our time talking about the Patriots. We we both think they're going to win the division. They're the class of the division, so there's no need to waste time on them unless you got something really to say about them. I didn't have a lot to say about them because they're the obvious favorite in this division. By the way, they're the obvious well. In my mind, they're the obvious pick for the Super Bowl, but um, just recently someone was talking about a different team being there um, in the in the AFC, of course, that being the Kansas City Chiefs and what they did. I'm going to tell you right now, that center they lost, I think, is a big loss for Kansas City, and I think that's going to be one of the problems. So watch that Watch that pick, though. He went over to, uh, to the uh, Buffalo Bills. I think that's a big loss for him. You're, you're talking about – if he's not the quarterback, he's the quarterback of the rest of the team in reality. He's the one that's directing traffic. That's a big loss for them. So Kansas City, you know, I've been hearing about them making it and getting past the Patriots, but I think that's a lot of people that take a look at it and figure sooner or later they're not going to make it, um, more so than whether or not that they can or can't. So, um, I, but uh, now, but, but before we just blow off New England in case you did, because I didn't do a lot of work on New England. Everybody knows what New England is, and of course that's obviously the team that we think is going to finish up there in the top because we didn't spend a lot of time in reality on any of that. But when you look at this one, Cuervo, this division has always been, at least for the last 16 years, has always been about the New England Patriots. It's always been about whether or not will they, you know, not if they'll make the playoffs, is how far will they go in the playoffs. And the one year when they finish 11-5, and five, they can't make the, uh, make the playoffs. That's when they didn't have Tom Brady at the quarterback position. So, so before I just so submittedly just move past the Patriots, is there anything that you want to talk about the Patriots as far as them? I think we both got them winning the division. What did you want to say about the Patriots, if anything? 
Uh, well, I mean, obviously the big news in the offseason for them is, you know, Rob Gronkowski retiring, uh, which, you know, we can get into whole, the whole thing about the rumors of him possibly coming back. But, you know, I, I, I don't believe it until I actually hear the confirmation. So, uh, but I right. mean, just, you know, other, other small notes, uh, you know, Greg Schiano, they bring him on as defensive coordinator. Yeah. I think this is a good, a good opportunity. Yeah. For him to to really, uh, you know, bring his name back in, into a positive light. Uh, I know it's been years since the whole thing at Rutgers happened, but um, I think people got rubbed the wrong way when uh, that whole situation with him taking the job at Tennessee and then a day later he decided not to take it and all that stuff or, or you know, and whatnot. So I think people were kind of – it kind of brought back the old memories of, you know, well, yeah, it's because this guy's a, uh, you know, he abuses his his players or whatever. Um, but that did you know, I mean, leave a bad short. taste, didn't it, Corvo? That that has left a bad taste. That that's that's why I love the, the pick because, in in fact, I I could see Bill Belichick doing the same damn thing um, on the college level if he was there. So I that's that's why I was all hopped up about uh, about the fact that they grabbed him up. Yeah, and I, but I, I mean, I mean, it, it's there. I don't think there was really a much better place for him to go right now uh, in his coaching career than just being under a guy in Bill Belichick, where he's there, but he's not like the center, uh, the center of attention, uh, right? Compared to if he was a head coach somewhere, even at the college level, um, he's not. He's not the center of attention uh, or the, the, the center of, like, the topic of discussion. Right. You know, as a head coach, it obviously, you know, would be the situation. So him being a defensive coordinator, I think, is good for him now. And I think, you know, not that, not that it matters what the media thinks or anybody else, but I just think for now you just kind of get your feet wet again as a defensive coordinator. And, I mean, look. It's the New England Patriots, dude. All you have to do is really show up, and, and you're going to be successful. <laughs> I mean, because that, that thing is a well-oiled machine, and it has been for 15 years over there. So, But, you know, other other small additions that they've made, uh, Jamie Collins comes back uh, after complaining about not getting paid by the Patriots. Then they yes. sent him to the Browns where he did nothing, and now he's back yes. with the Patriots. So, uh, Demarius Thomas, who – uh, Houston let go after they traded for him uh, last season. He had signed with the Patriots. And then obviously their first round pick, Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Sonny. Um, you know, yeah. wide receiver. You know, big, big size. You know, he's a big, tall receiver, got good size. Um, I think, I think is, is another good addition for them. Uh, only downside is that you know Chris Hogan uh, is gone. He signed with Carolina, but other than that, yeah. look, I mean that's that's really it, Sonny. We don't have to really say hey, much else. I mean, it's it's New England, so. Did you see Kellerman talk about Brady and the Cliff effect? I don't know if you heard about it or anything, but Kellerman oh, was on Well, that's been he going on for years. Yeah. That was back in 2016, just to let everybody know. 
and by the way, so this is three years later, okay? So 2019, um, it, Tom Brady grabs a uh, grabs a miles a, a, a radar gun and throws a football at 61 miles an hour and puts it up in response to Max Kellerman back in 2016 going on that quote unquote clip. So um, obviously um, you can you can dig at Tom Brady, but you can dig. That's fine. And but he doesn't forget little things like this. He doesn't forget the uh, throwbacks and and then 61 miles an hour plus he won the Super Bowl last year. So that cliff effect doesn't work very well for uh, what uh, what um, Max Kellerman has been trying to push as far as his agenda. By the way, what what does he have against him? Do you know Cuervo? I mean, Kellerman's been on his ass for years. I don't. Maybe maybe he's like the regular fan who gets tired of seeing a guy be so successful, they just want the guy to fall on his face. No, that's exactly what it is. I mean, he's a Giants fan, so he really shouldn't really have much complaints. Uh, Exactly, and I didn't even know he was a Giants fan. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's a Giants fan. So, you know, his his team being the – well, no, not anymore. I take that back. Uh, You know, his team beating Brady twice in the Super Bowl, uh, you really have, you shouldn't have much to complain about, but he's one of many, 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 many people out there that are just kind of tired with hearing Brady and seeing Brady. I mean, you know, I mean, there's there's a large group of people like that. I, you know, I, yeah. I'm kind of like that myself, but you know what? I mean, you, you, you deal with it, you talk about it, because that's what we do on this show. It doesn't matter who it is. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean... That the guy, you know, he's just—he's not going to go. He—he's he, going to go on his terms. That—that's basically, you know, what it comes down to is Tom Brady's going to decide when he, does, you know, falls off the face of the football earth. So, yeah, and, nothing and I'm so going to say. A, nothing Max Kellerman's going to say is is going to change anything. So. Well, we well Kellerman's back. response to to the to the sixty one miles an hour is is now now he's in, you know he has the cliff effect now he labels him as a game manager and you know I don't know good better indifference who gives a rats he still has six rings you know and the middle finger is one he's got one for Max Keller, Kellerman I think so well uh, here's game, my thing I mean. You, you know, you you can hate it all you want, or you can have your gripes against Brady, but I mean, hey, the, the proof is in the ring. I tell, I, I tell you what, though, you know, the the guys like that are going to be the same ones that when Brady is gone, you know, you're going to look back and you say, man, if we had guys that were determined and and and, and driven competitively like Tom Brady. Boy, I wish we had right. guys like that in the leagues. Just yep. like all the Jordan haters in the 90s, right? Yep. So, yep. all those people yep. that hated Michael Jordan in New York City and and Indiana and you know, all the places that the Bulls just dominated everyone, those are the same people today that either can't stand LeBron James or just feel like the NBA is watered down now, which which I think both. But yeah, um, you know those are the same ones that are like, well, if we had 
if we had guys like Jordan who were competitive and, and didn't want to team up with, with other people and, and it's like, well, hold on, you were, weren't you the same one that was complaining? Oh, I can't wait till Jordan retires and I can't wait till yeah. he's gone. And yeah. So you can't have your cake and ice cream too, man. You know? So as much as, yeah. as much as I'm tired of talking about Brady in January, Oh, another Super Bowl, and, and you remember I, I was sick to my. I stomach. do. I re- I was the shocked, way, actually. The way the way that they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm just like, you know, I think I think my mind just goes back to the whole like, you know, all the accusations of him being a cheater, and I think that's what annoys me more than anything. You know, yeah. if if he wasn't known <laughs> for being an accused cheater, then I would have absolutely nothing against Tom Brady. You know, just like all the Peyton Manning haters, what, 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 what is there to hate on him about? You know, so exactly. I mean, he, he's not, he's not, he's not accused of being a cheater. So, what, what's, what's all the hate for? You know, but um, if it wasn't for that, though, I mean, I, I mean, I like Brady. I'm just, I just, I like to change it up every now and then. I like to see some. That would have been cool to talk about Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It would have been cool, yeah, to talk about. You know uh, what the Chiefs could do, and how how fun of a rematch that would have been with the Chiefs and the Rams, or or the Chiefs and the Saints, the two highest scoring offenses in the league last year. Them going at it in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's what you want in the Super Bowl. But instead, you we got think. good old Tom Brady yet again. But you know what? You deal with it, and and and, and you embrace the greatness that he is. So, well. You hate it at the time, but then you look back and you're like, just embrace it because we're not going to see this again in, in for another 50 years if we're lucky. Because the last Absolutely. time we've seen a quarterback this dominant, uh, you can argue that it's never happened. I mean, the guy's got six rings. You know, the next best guy is what, Terry Bradshaw with Terry four? Bradshaw, Joe five. Montana. Joe Montana with four. You know, um, I wouldn't. Does I wouldn't Bradshaw have five or Troy. four? He has four. Him and okay. Montana had four. And, yeah. and I wouldn't say Troy Aikman was dominant. He's got three. Uh, yeah. So, I guess Montana? I, I don't know. I mean, Montana's the closest thing to Brady. Well, Montana's uh, the closest you know, thing to Brady because he's undefeated in the Super Bowl four now. Okay. And the reason why Brady really, in my opinion, surpasses him is because of how many Super Bowls they've been to. Okay. I, you know, so, you know, Montana was able to get him there for four of them, but, you know, and they won them. But, you know, how about getting them to a lot more? You know, I mean, how many times has Brady been in the Super Bowl? Okay. He's won six, lost Nine. Yeah, lost three. He's six and three. Okay. I mean, can we? That's, can we? I yeah. mean, you, you, can we give the guy a little respect in reality for getting to those games? Sure. And yeah. that's the reason why. That's the reason why he goes. You know, goes once, yeah, Joan, you're a little late. Thanks, Blog Talk Radio. I mean, you, you got to <laughs> give the guy some respect. You got to give him some respect in order, you know, to get the nine Super Bowls. Which I, I mean. Frankly, Cuervo, I mean, and and I might be stupid and it might be slapping me me in the face, 
there's only one other guy, and there's no other, nobody else has been in nine Super Bowls. I just, I, I, I can't even, first of all, I can't even fathom it. And, and second of all, I can't think of anybody else who's even been in six or seven. So that, and that, that's the greatness of Tom, Tom Brady. Not only has he been to nine, there's not anybody even close to that. Never mind, I mean, at the at the quarterback position. So there you go. I mean. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it that he's, he has blown everyone away uh, yep. when it comes to appearances, when it comes to wins, and all that yep. stuff. So, uh, there, yeah. I mean, Sometimes he's definitely, it's tough being at the top, man. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, sometimes – you know, the saying goes, if if you don't have people hating against you, then then, or if good you have point. people hating against you, then you're doing something right. Yep. So. Yep. Exactly. Um, good point. Haters are gonna hate. <laughs> I think that's the thing today, right? <laughs> Haters are gonna yeah. hate. They're gonna hate greatness, and that that's exactly where it's at. So, all right. So that puts us with the Patriots on top in this division coming from both of us. Now, we both also have the Dolphins in second. However, Cuervo reserves the right to change that based upon what ends up happening with the Jets. Will they make the move? Now, I have the Dolphins in second. I'm going to leave them there. I'm not going to move anybody in this division. I got the Bills in third place. Cuervo's got the Jets in there, you know, with the switch that could happen. I have the Jets in last place. And Cuervo has the Bills in fourth. So that is at least our look. We will reexamine this as we move closer to the beginning of the season. And we both reserve the right to change these. It's just like Cuervo's on record that he, you know, depending on what happens, that may end up happening. I want to see what ends up happening before I change them. So we'll roll that route and uh, go with that. So I think, you know, solidified. You know, this is one of the hardest divisions in football to pick from two, three, and four than almost any division of football because of the fact that the Patriots are so dominant and the other teams have not been able to get within three or four games of them within the regular season in order to make the playoffs. So, but when the Bills made the playoffs, Cuervo, I was shocked. The year and who was that? Uh, who was that young cat at the quarterback position? Tyrod Taylor uh, led him to to the playoffs and then. You know, and boy, did they bail on him almost immediately. No, not almost. They did immediately. Got rid of him, and he wasn't there the next year. So, you know. No, they drafted so Josh I, Allen. Josh Allen, you know. But I think you keep. I think you show the guy a little respect and you keep him. But, hey, what do I know? But that's what we're going to do. We got the AFC. That means the NFC East is on tap. I promised it right about this time. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to knock this one out. We got an hour and a half to nail down, knock down, drag out the NFC East. And, folks, you know, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. This division of football is not because, you know, the same team never seems to win it two times in a row. Will we get a repeat of the Dallas Cowboys winning this division here for all my lopes? We'll find out. We'll do that after the break. You're on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll talk about the NFC East you're listening to. That being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. 
We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costco Insurance. Serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Raleigh Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costcoinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? 
How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62 because these decisions are so important. My firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. All right, we are back on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Melvin Bullet and the Bullet Training Center on the hook for Al at Eagles Varsity Football and Basketball. He is the sponsor of the pregame show where the Eagle-Eyed Bill Cerna and myself will talk about the 2019 Rowlett Eagles Varsity football team. We are back on that being said. The Couch Potato Sports Show. It is that time, guys, that we talk about a division of football that there are a few, there are a few divisions in football that I like a lot. One of them is Cuervo's favorite division of football, which is the NFC North. I mean, I call that the black and blue division of football. But when you talk about the NFC East, guys, this is one thing that really is surprising each and every year because you can't get the same team to win this division of football. You can't seem to find – um, consistency for long periods of time, unless you really suck, um, which could be, uh, you know, the case of the Dallas Cowboys. But when you talk about the NFC East, well, you talk about a division that's usually up in the air each and every year. That being said, of course, that's the name of the show. I don't think of the NFC East any different um, than it was any other time um, as far as Man, who's going to grab it up? Philadelphia Eagles make the playoffs a couple of years in a row. Um, didn't win the division, but, you know, I had a shot to try to make it to the NFC Championship game and Super Bowl, all that good stuff. And they didn't get the job done with Nick Foles and everything else. And, you know, the year before, the Dallas Cowboys win the division as well. Um, they've done it not in a row, but they did it and then won it again. Uh, so the, the wishy-washiness of what is the NFC East square vote, the unpredictability of this division of football, I think might have changed this year going into 2020 because I can almost write the book. At least it seemed easier this year. When I was looking at this division of football, I didn't, I didn't have to look very hard or long to, de- to find out what this division could end up. What do you think about the division as a whole, Cuervo? 
Well, I think I'm right there with you, Sonny. I think this is one of the most competitive divisions in the in the NFC, let alone, you know, the whole league. Um, yeah. Because of the fact, like you said, I mean, there's no team that really dominates this division, which makes it so great because you just never know. Uh, you know, you I mean. never know. One, I'll tell you, Sonny, one injury can change the whole dynamic of this whole division. Yeah. If, if that, I mean, think about it, and this is not taking a stab at, because I know most of the listeners are in the Dallas area, but just take a deep breath. If Dak, if Dak Prescott, I'm going to knock on Woods. That way everybody can. My head hurts that? from doing that a lot when we talk Dak Prescott, Cuervo. My head hurts a so, lot. But I, I want to make sure everybody heard uh, me knocking on Wood because I'm not wishing that on you guys. But imagine mm-hmm. if Dak Prescott was to get injured in the, the second, third game of the season. He's done for the year. You know, is anybody is anybody is anybody still picking the Dallas Cowboys to win that division? Probably not. I mean, does anybody actually think that they can still win that division without Dak Prescott? Probably not gonna happen. Or, you know, let's say in, in Philadelphia, you know, heaven forbid Carson Wentz goes down again. You know? Anybody yep. still taking the Eagles in that one? Because guess what? Guess who's not there anymore? St. Nick. He's gone. Which I thought yep. was a mistake. St. Uh, Nick. But, I like you know, that, Cuervo. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, I mean, that's the reality of it. They let him go. It's, it's a done deal. Like, yep. if, if Wentz goes down again, Eagles are done. The Eagles are fried, fried chicken legs. They're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not flying anywhere anymore. Right. So, um, but my point is, one injury can can change this whole thing. Yeah, that's what makes this division so great. And that being said, now last year, I, you know, I picked the division winner. I know I did because I I, I sometimes wonder what I was thinking at the time. But it made made well not that I was on any kind of Dallas Cowboy Kool-Aid. I know I picked the Dallas Cowboys to win this division. Um, and, and that's because I do have the yes, in Dak Prescott. We'll t- and we will talk about that. So let's go to last year's predictions. And I'll go with mine first uh, as far as who did we have in the NFC East uh, going from first to last, Cuervo? Yeah, so let's go. Let's, let's go ahead and take a stroll down memory lane real quick, Sonny. Uh, in the mm-hmm. NFC East, Sonny Clark actually did a pretty damn good job picking this division. He had the New York Giants finishing last in this division, which I think that's exactly what happened. I'll look it up. I think it is. <laughs> My computer crashed, so I'm, I'm pulling everything back up. But yes, I'm all, I'm a hundred. I would bet my bankroll the Giants finished last in this division. Yeah, because they picked number what six overall. Two. Uh, yeah, number six. Uh, well, yeah, number six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the year before that was yeah. number two. Um, yeah. Let me see. Where is it at? My computer didn't crash, but it's just acting like turtle slow. Uh, so yeah, Tony, guess what? You picked the perfect NFC East last year. The Giants Whoa. finished last. Washington was in third. The Philadelphia Eagles were second. And you had the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. That's amazing. I, I'm shocked. I am. I, I'm I am truly honestly shocked. 
No, I mean, I mean, you nailed it. So, um, you know, I think I think a lot of your effort goes into breaking this division down. Uh, so that's probably why you you, you picked the yeah. perfect, you know, for for the locals and I like that. So uh, me on the other hand, once again, I totally whiffed. All I had to do was switch a couple teams around. Look, I had the Eagles winning. I had Dallas in second if I'd have switched those two. And then I had the Giants third and Washington in last if I'd have switched those two. So, 0 for 4, yay me. Uh, I don't know why I'm still your co-host. So, <laughs> but. Uh, well, this guy's your best. I should have been fired yeah. a long now, time ago. No. So. So we know what last year's were because I went perfect. Dallas was in first. The the Philadelphia Eagles were in second. The Washington Redskins, then the Giants. Uh, So it should be really interesting to see what we think about this division of football as we move forward. Now, let's, let's make no mistake. The Dallas Cowboys did not rip the meat from the bone, guys, okay? They were 10 and 6, okay? Should have been 11 and 5 at worst, should have been, and they should have been really 12 and 4. But they finished 10 and 6 in this division last year, Cuervo, and a 9 and 7. That that old familiar 9 and 7 team making it into the playoffs out of this division of football. Here it is with the Philadelphia Eagles. Washington was 7 and 9, and the New York Giants are 5 and 11. And when you're looking at the division as a whole, you know. I was wondering, will there be any changes or not? But we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about that on where who we think is going to do that. So that being said, of course, that's the name of the show. We'll go ahead and do that. Let's start with the team that Sonny thinks is going to finish last in football, um, as far as this division, and it hasn't changed because they didn't make a change at the most important position on the football field. In reality, Cuervo, the reality of the sense they did grab up their quarterback in the first draft, first round, but it's going to be Eli Manning. It'll always be Eli Manning until he's either A, injured, or B, retires, or C, is traded and gone. So, a, a New York New York Giants fan, buckle your seatbelts because this is going to be a bumpy ride each and every week, and you'll be lucky to finish where you finished last year within this division. And, uh, frankly, you should be – if you as a franchise are a New York Giants and you finish 5-11 and 11 again, you guys need to pull out the New Orleans Saints, you know, bags and put them over your head. But, Cuervo, I haven't <laughs> seen anything to for me to say, hey – Yes, they are going to improve. They'll win more than five games this year. More than the fact that they're going to stick with Eli Manning, they're going to lose another. They're lose another one. So I got when I looked at this, I got them at four and twelve out on the season, Cuervo, and that's not even better than the than the Raiders were last year, because of the fact that you got it now. That having been said, will we see a different quarterback? Will he get hurt at, at that? And, you know, I reserve the right because who knows, maybe in the preseason we'll see an Eli Manning uh, injury. But as long as Eli Manning's on that football team, Cuervo, he's going to start at the quarterback position. He is. And, you know, to be honest with you, Sonny, it don't matter to me who's the quarterback. If it's Eli Manning or Daniel Jones, the first-round pick of the New York Giants, 
you know, either neither of these quarterbacks are going to be guys that are going to, you know, get a lot of wins for the Jets or for the Giants. I'm yeah. sorry, um, just because of look, and normally I don't talk about wide receivers being a, a huge difference in a team, but yeah, this, is, this is a generational talent we're talking about in Odell Beckham Jr. You, I, I agree. mean, you let the kid. You let the kid walk away, and what did you get in return? Which you got a first round pick, you got Jabril Peppers. Like, what what are they doing with him? You know, like, I, I that was a uh, to me that was a uh, uh, a trade that was kind of like a like a you know flexing your 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 power of that organization and, and showing people that you have it's power. Well, what you, what you also Cuervo. did though. Yeah. What you also did though is, is you just made the franchise even worse than in a, of a spot than what it was before. But Hey, at least everybody knows who's running the show, right? That way when they go three and 13 next year and they're fighting for that number one pick, they know who to point to because you wanted to make sure that you let everybody know who's in charge. By, by flexing your muscle and, and saying, get out of here, Odell. I mean, I don't know, Sonny. I mean, I I don't – the Antonio Brown thing was different, okay? Let me just say that. Okay. That How guy was, was it different, Cuervo? Because uh, we're basically talking about the same wide receiver in reality. We're talking about the same wide receiver in the aspect of that they are – they are the top talents in the league, uh, and they they have they had frustrations with their old with their uh, former teams. But the way that it, that they went about it, the way that they expressed it, was different. Odell didn't refresh my memory. I don't remember Odell ever going on social media. I don't remember Odell going in front of a camera and oh, yeah, pretty you, much. I think. I think you forgot, though. I, you're, I think you're right. I don't think we had anything. But on the other side, you had a guy that colored his mustache yellow. That, and and that's all you really have blind. to say about yellow. Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, and that's, all, and that's all you need to know about Antonio Brown. You know I mean? That right there, that in, in itself. <laughs> yellow. Not you know, blind. Drove, yellow. Drove, yeah, and it wasn't even like steel or yellow. It was just. Like some off yellow, but uh, yeah, I mean, like porridge. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's not like yeah, I mean, it's not like Odell went and you know colored his mustache blue, you know, for the Giants, like giant blue. So Mm -hmm. I I think they went the way they went about the situation was different. I think Odell was a lot more private about his frustrations, and I can respect that. You know, there's nothing wrong with with expressing some type of disagreement or frustration with how the organization is doing certain things and whatnot. But when you air out the dirty laundry, that I have a problem with. And long story short, Sonny, um, you know, that's why I, I think Odell got traded because of people's personal feelings. It wasn't I, you can you can sit here and tell me all you want that it was a business decision. No, no, nah, you're not going to nah. convince me that. You're not going to convince me well, that for one second. They would have got that more was a if personal. It was. 
they would yeah that was a personal move that was made by the GM and you know now everybody knows who the boss is over there so now we know who yep. to blame like I said when they go 3 and 13 next year Antonio's yep. just a drama queen so I'm just going to leave it as that but anyway now Eli definitely has nobody to throw the ball to and you know I've re- yep. I feel really bad for Saquon Barkley because that guy yep. is going to get used and abused, Sonny. That poor guy is going to get used and abused. You watch. I, I'm going to make a bold prediction on June 30th, 2019. Saquon Barkley will lead the league in total touches of the football in the league. More than Elliott. They don't have a choice. More than Le'Veon exactly. more than Le'Veon yeah. Bell. More yep. than Alvin Kamara. More than you know, uh, the other the other big names in the NFL, uh, Melvin Gordon, who's somewhat of a yep. dual threat guy, and in, in with the Chargers, Saquon Barkley is going to have at least thirty more touches of the football at the end of the season than any of those guys. I feel bad for him. I really do, son. Uh-huh. They 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 better get some help like fast. Yeah, and and, and let's be honest, Cuervo, and 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 I, it's not the fact that I'm stereotyping when I make this statement, okay? So I don't want anybody to think that, but sometimes bad luck follows a team. You know what I'm saying, Cuervo? All right, and it's not very much different here as well, because when you think about Corey Ballantyne, okay? Now, the, the, the bad luck in the situation, if you don't know the story, one of his buddies was killed the night that he was drafted. And uh, Ballantyne was also, I think he was shot as well. Um, and so, and I, I, I guess maybe I watch too much TV, too much crime shows, too many crime shows. I just want to know why. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I just want to know why this guy was the target or one of the targets uh, you know, of getting shot. And, and say whatever you want, I, you know, I could go back and think of some guys who have been shot in the NFL after they were shot. They're not the same guy. Okay? The wide receiver for the same team, Cuervo, comes to mind. All right, so. El Plaxico. But I, exactly. So when you think, you know, when you think gunshots, you think of how do you come back from that, and you know mentally, you know. So, so one of their guys that they they expected, Corey Ballantyne, they expected this guy to be to be something for them. Okay, mm-hmm, all right. Cornerbacks mm-hmm. expecting to be a playmaker in reality, and then the guy gets shot. First of all, that's bad luck. Second of all, the bad luck following the bad luck team because you take a look at that whole situation with Odell Beckham Jr., that's bad luck because he's not happy. Bad luck, not happy, he's gone. And then you still have Eli Manning. You know, I, I just some, sometimes I think some teams can't get out of their own way sometimes. And that is the case mm-hmm. when I look at the, the New York Giants, whether it's they keep the wrong personnel for too long, i.e., Eli Manning, because this is a football team that has to have a change at the number one wide, uh, the one number one position out of the football field. 
Now, granted, I get why they're doing this. Because like you said, Cuervo, that's nobody to throw the football to. So in this case, in reality, Eli Manning is, the, out of the two, the right guy to be there because you want experience throwing the ball to inexperienced players. I believe that all day long. So as far as the two that they're counting on, they're starting the right one, even though this is a football team that needs to go in another direction. But this is also another football team that needs to go into a different direction, but go get a wide out, a real wide out. And Cuervo, like you said, they don't have it. Oh, 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 wait. I just remembered. They have Golden Tate. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, that's right. Such a and not only signing. that broke the bank to get him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they definitely did. Uh, so they oh my, got I, I forget they what have... the number was, but it was crazy ridiculous for Golden Tate to get the I money. I think it was got. in the 90s. I, I'll look it up. I want to say it was in the 90s. I can't remember exactly, but it, it was a, it was a pretty crazy amount. Uh, but they still have Sterling Shepard. I like Evan Ingram. Don't get me wrong. I like him. I think I think he's a but, good but uh, he's tight like end. Number three on any other football team, Cuervo. You look at it. You know, with teams that have wide receivers, he's not that at bad. best he's a number two, no, but he's end. borderline number he's a three. Tight end. Evan Ingram's a tight end. I mean, he, he is he is one of the better. I don't want to say top tier. He he's definitely no Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz. But I think when you're talking like tier two guys, yeah, you could throw him in there. You know, with the yeah, likes but of a, the uh, number one and number two wide receivers, and this is a team that's expecting the tight end to be a wide receiver. Let's be honest, Cuervo. Well, all right well, now, to put a wide football too. So yeah, he becomes the number two, but in reality, he's the number three because he's not even a freaking wide receiver. You have to, and, okay. and this is I mean, by necessity. This is by necessity because they don't have anybody there. He becomes the he becomes the number one target for that football team, possibly number two if Golden Tate will end up, you know, being the quote unquote one. But four four years, thirty seven point five million dollars for Golden Tate. By the way, Odell Beckham didn't get that much better than that. All right, the deal included twenty three million dollars guaranteed, Cuervo. $23 million guaranteed. Hell, that should have been the whole contract for the, for the four years. But they popped 23, 37.5. Uh, you know, wow. That, that's a big I number. It was more. That's a big yeah, number, but uh, it's, it's, it's actually not that big. I mean, you're talking about nine, a little over nine mil a year for a guy that puts up you know, maybe a thousand, eight hundred to a thousand yards in a season, right. six to eight touchdowns. But uh, in reality, Cuervo, the guaranteed money is the contract. The guaranteed money is the contract. Let's be honest, Cuervo. And if they expect if they expect Golden Tate to be there for four years, they got to pay out the full thirty-seven million. So the the reality of the sense, Cuervo, is they're paying the guy about $12 million in reality each year because if you expect Golden Tate to be on that team for more than two years, you're crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, especially with the with the rapid rate of how free agency works and all that stuff. I mean, yep. Yeah, I, I, and, and, I mean, let's face it. His numbers are going to drop because now he has an even worse quarterback in Eli Manning and, than he did with Matthew and he's Stafford. 30. 
Yeah, well, and, yeah and he's 30. Um, actually, no, he ended the season with the Eagles, so, um, you know. But, I mean, get into the Eagles, I know why they let Golden Tate go, because they're bringing the old band back together. So, yeah, they are, they're putting it uh, together. They're putting it together, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly, so. I mean, I, I think I think a number like that, nine to ten million for a guy like a Golden Tate. Honestly, Sonny, I take it back. I think that's. I mean, he might be getting a little bit overpaid, but it's not. It's not like a ridiculous amount. I don't think they like. Went too crazy with it. I thought the number was bigger, to be honest. I, I don't think that's too bad of a signing, to be honest. Well, you know. It, 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 well, compared in reality, the the comparison to Odell Beckham Jr., you know, Odell Beckham got the, the $95 million contract. So they definitely don't have to pay out the money for it. Um, so you, you're looking at that. I, I just, you know, and I, I just look at that position, Cuervo. The quarterback position was enough for me to say no. You know what I felt about them. Um, now, granted, I don't know who mm-hmm. they could have went out there. They got to take the take the place of him if he was going to be on the same team. That's why they went into the draft. Because let's be honest, Cuervo, you take a look at what happened with the Arizona Cardinals shipping their quarterback over to Miami. Would that made a difference up there in New York? Which is what I was telling them to do: is you go get Josh Rosen. Okay, you want to talk about almost the same kind of type of quarterback, pocket passer, big guy that can stand in the throw the that is. What Josh, I, that's what I would have probably moved the Giants out of the basement if they went and got a Josh Rosen. I, I probably would have. Now I would have only moved them to third, but still, not at the bottom mm-hmm. is an improvement, and they might have got six games maybe. Um, but I don't even know if they're going to get what they got last year. So that, that that's the big stuff. That's the big problem. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they are, Sonny. I mean, unless unless Saquon Barkley has like one of the greatest seasons that a running back has ever had. And he, and he puts up 25, maybe even 30 touchdowns on the season. I don't see the Giants doing a whole lot. Um, I think that uh, what they should have done, I don't even think they, they should have gotten a, a quarterback in free agency. Now, they did the right thing by drafting one. But, damn it, they drafted the wrong one. They should have taken yeah. Dwayne Haskins. They, I mean – the guy was pretty much begging them, please take me. I want to be a New York Giant. And the Giants yeah. said, okay, thanks, but we like this kid from Duke that nobody knew about two weeks ago. We like him better. So then they take Daniel Jones. And, I mean, <laughs> I don't we all remember how much the Giants got bashed for that pick the, night, or the, the day after the draft. So guess what? That hasn't changed. We're still going to bash you. Right. They're near. It hasn't changed. So, you know, good good for them. Good, congratulations to the New York Giants. They're going to get themselves another top five pick this year. Right. And, um, you know. They better get I, a quarterback. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> they better I, pick I go them back. up. <laughs> no, it has to. It kind of goes back to what you were talking about, Sonny, where – where, you know, it's kind of like trauma. Yes. But I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it. It almost feels like Tom Coughlin sold his soul to the devil. And the reason I say that is because 
everything was all good in Big Blue Land when Tom Coughlin was the head coach. The the day he leaves that franchise, that thing fell apart so fast. Oh yeah, you know before before you even knew it, like they were, uh, you know you know what I'm saying? Like how does how does that happen? Where Tom Coughlin leaves after all the success he brought them, and that thing just fell apart in a, in a in a hurry. So it almost feels like he sold his soul to the devil. Saying as long yes. as I'm here. We're going to be successful, but the minute you leave, <laughs> this team is going to take a dump, and that's exactly what happened. So, um, yeah. you know, but hey, that's that's you know, that's what the Giants wanted, I guess. Right? They wanted Coughlin out. They sent him out. And uh, what have they done since? Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. You're you're, you're right. It's, it's a good point. Uh, so just watching that one, I don't know, you know, we could talk about all the other positions, you know, uh, of this, but the, the fact they didn't, they, you know, they, they tried to make up for it with the draft pick. Like you said, they got the right one or the wrong one. The right one could have, could have, should have been Haskins. But really, to be honest, Cuervo, I don't know if I would have pulled him out of last place in reality. If they would have went out and got a guy that had some experience in the NFL, such as, you know, Josh Rosen, I probably would have moved him out there. I, you, know, you know me and rookies. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a rookie guy. I don't care how great they are. Um, so mm-hmm. I want to see him prove it first. So um, Josh Rosen at least shows that he can – he can remain in the – not only that, Josh Rosen can run the football if he had to. Not that he really wants to, but he can do it. Um, so, but it, it should be interesting in this division of football. The, the, they, they, the Cowboys open up with the Giants like they always do. For some reason, they put these two together in week number one. Um, so, uh, it should be interesting uh, for that. Now, uh, where they end up, though, I, I, just, don't, I just don't see – what they're going to do or how they're, how they'll improve upon it to be a, a team where you go. Yeah. But you know, Hey, don't, don't they have the bears in the preseason Cuervo? The giants. Uh, I, I think I they got the your bears. I know they've, they've quite a few times in the past. Let me, let me bears look, and let's the giants look in the playoff and the preseason. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah, Friday, not... August 16th. They play. At uh, or at well, Chicago travels to New to New York for that August sixteenth game. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, that's that's should normally be a game that that happens in the preseason. So yeah, keep 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 the tradition running. So I, you know, the tradition of this division is is that it's not you got them you got the Giants in last, right, Cuervo? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Nobody's yeah. nobody's even close to sucking as much as the Giants do. Exactly, and <laughs> so. I, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Cuervo, this division doesn't get any easier uh, because you know where are the teams going to end up? And Cuervo, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I realize, and I know where you got this team. So just so that between you and me, uh, it's not the team that you think that I was going. Cuervo, I'm moving to the third-place division. I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to give you the reason why. Mindset. This Philadelphia Eagles football team I have in third place, because, not because of talent. Uh, you know, it's the mindset of this football team. 
they made a huge mistake, Cuervo, in the offseason. A very big mistake. Then they followed it up with yet another big mistake. Well, obviously, what was the first one? The first one is getting rid of Nick Foles. I, I'm sorry. You know, you can say whatever. He's the one that led him into the playoffs, got the Super Bowl ring, almost took him there yet again. They let him go. So that's a huge mistake, number one. And then huge mistake, number two, is they give Carson Wentz some crazy contract. I even forgot what it was. And, and the mindset of a guy that hasn't even finished the whole season for him, and they are buying in, Cuervo. And here's the biggest thing about it, Cuervo. They didn't have to do this. They they did not have to extend this contract right now, Cuervo, and they did it. And that and I'm so confused about that because I, I guess if I'm the general manager, I want to make sure if I'm going to plop a lot of money in a guy's pocket, never mind guaranteed money, I want to make sure he can make it to a freaking season and then at the end of the season make that decision. Hey, I'd much rather have to pay a guy too much money, okay, than obviously just throw the money away. And you don't know where Carson Wentz is as far as his health is concerned. They always say, oh, you can't predict injuries. I'm predicting it because guess what? It's the mindset. This is in the back of his mind. I think he's going to play scared. Not only that, he's going to play scared because he knows he doesn't have anything else behind him now. And I think the mindset of this young quarterback could, and getting, the, getting the extension actually does not help the Eagles. Not in the pocketbook, but in the mindset, Cuervo. I'm worried about the Philadelphia Eagles this year. What about you? And you're on mute. Or you're breaking up, one of the two. I'm here, Sonny. Can you hear me? Yeah, there he is. Got you back. Go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I think that uh, I'm, I'm slightly worried. But I do think they still have a very talented roster. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, they stole Jordan Howard away from, from Chicago. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that hurt what, you. Did, what did we but, get? Yeah. What did we get in return? Uh, a, a deep pizza and a bag of French fries in return? Yeah. Something like that. You didn't so, even get the freaking ketchup for the fries for that one. No, not even. No, 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 why do you need that for? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, I don't know what Ryan Pace was thinking on that one. But, you know, who am I to question a guy that has completely turned the franchise around? But, anyway, yeah, we're not talking it, about it, the Bears. So... <laughs> You know, so I mentioned earlier, bringing old, the old band back together. So what do I mean by yeah. that? Well, what do you mean? I Deshaun know what Jackson, you mean, but go ahead. Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson's back. Yes. So they bring him back. Uh, Vinny Curry is back, defensive end, who signed with Tampa last year. Uh, he's yeah. back with the Eagles. Oh, and by the way, Timmy Jernigan, defensive Brown, uh, defensive uh, tackle, I mean, is a uh, is an eagle again. I said Brown because they signed Zach Brown uh, over from Buffalo. He's an outstanding linebacker. That was a really good signing. Uh, so this is to re- that's to replace Jordan Hicks, who is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle. And I think it was a it's a huge upgrade for the Eagles. So I give them a lot of props on that signing. Um, they also got Cody Kessler, who it sounds like is the new backup to Carson Wentz. 
So congratulations to the Eagles on that move. Uh, and then they re-signed Wisniewski at, at the offensive line. So I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Well, I, was, I set you up and for I that love one, so. Cody. I know Cody, by the way. I know Cody Kessler. I've, I, I, and I can say I've had a 30-minute conversation with Cody Kessler. Um, I, and, and I've actually kept in touch with Cody a little bit here and there. Um, and 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 I love him. Yeah, you know, a great a great uh, the poor guy just can't get uh, the poor. The, I, I I feel so sorry for this guy. I really do. Um, Cody Kessler, great guy, but just doesn't he just doesn't have the mechanics, dude. I mean, now granted, he was never on any good football team that could really maybe give him an opportunity to highlight his talent, you know. Um, but at the same time, you got to at least show that you have. You know, uh, how do you, how do I say this? You got you got to show that you can do the job, Cuervo. And unfortunately, from what we've seen with Cody Kessler, he can't do the job. He doesn't have he doesn't have the wherewithal to do the job. And I don't know if that's because he's scared because he has to run for his life every place he's been. That could be it. You know, I think you know having an itchy trigger finger. You know, it could be because he's running for his life. So he 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 improved his play but is that good for the for the philadelphia eagles no and and then and then them losing Mm -hmm. long cuervo i think this i think this is a bigger more than more than anything when when you lose a guy that that is a chris long i think that is huge now hey he and I know when when you talk to the NFL and you talk eleven years, you know that's a, that's a pretty much a, a a a pretty good career. But at the same time, you know what this guy has, and you know he had three or four more years in him. He's getting out before he can, so he can continue to think for the rest of his life. He's made enough money. He doesn't want to risk this anymore. And that, this right here, this is a movement for his brain, not because he necessarily don't have the skills for though. Chris Long is a badass. And you can say whatever you want about him, um, but he moved out of this mainly for his brain because the talent level is there. That is huge. But when you add Cody Kessler to back up Carson Wentz, and again, it's not if Carson Wentz is going to get hurt; it's going to be when. And then you get it, uh-huh. and then you got stepping in is Cody Kessler. It is a killer. Now. That what I'm banking on is the reason why I think instead of having them even slide down to last, the Giants are so bad. But this is this is the reason why they fall out of second place in my mind because because we don't get that guy. So you know whatever whatever you do, Carson Wentz too much money can't stay healthy. Then they got a a backup that is huge, but you know a backup that is not anything that's going to help you if something is going to happen, and just by the results of what we've seen before, it's going to be huge. I do like uh, the Malik Jackson signing Cuervo, obviously, you know, oh, that's the former Jacksonville yeah, Jaguars. I missed that, that one. That is a huge right. signing for them on the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. which helps with the mm-hmm. Chris Long, you know, the whole situation. But at the same time, you think about, you know, you know they, they, they've, got, they've got some work to do, and the offensive line, in reality, Cuervo, it, it's okay, but it's not great. Because if it was great, we wouldn't have seen their quarterback go down twice, where he feels like he's got to run for his life, or he feels like he gets bashed 
in the backfield. You know, all these things that are going to be there is going to be huge for the Eagles, and I don't know if they're going to be able to put it together. And and with the other two teams that we haven't talked about, you know, to me seems to be improving. That that doesn't spell good goodness for them. Their defense, if they're going to stay in games, are going to have to step up because of the lack of the quarterback position. Because even when Carson Wentz comes back, he's going to be shaky in week one, two, three, and four. So you've got four games that you've got to hope that Carson Wentz can be what he had been since his rookie year, you know, and hope he can get past the last fourth of the season without injury. And I, I just don't see it. And it might even happen earlier, depending on how he plays. If he plays too tenant, too tentative, I think he can open himself up for getting injured and injured earlier, depending on where he is and how comfortable this guy's going to be able to feel in the pocket. And I just don't think it's going to be there for him. Yeah, I, but I mean, I think it goes back to what you said too. I think there is some some level of uh, of uh, my you know level of uh, of mindset. Because you know, yep. even even when you know, so I, I may never, I may never have told about this, before, but you know, when we met, obviously you remember I was on crutches and I just broke my ankle, tore the ligaments and all that other good stuff. When I started healing, and I was running around, you know, whether it was you know playing a uh, sport as my morning workout or whatever, soccer, football, there was that, there was that always that thought in my head that yep. I didn't want to re-injure myself. For Carson Wentz, it's the same thing. And and, and so, if, if anything, I don't think he's going – he's going to play a lot more conservative because – not just because of the fact that he knows that Foles is not there to back him up anymore, but because yeah. he's probably going to be so afraid to hurt himself a third time that yeah. he's not he's not going to play he's going to play uncharacteristic uh, as what we're used to seeing Carson Wentz play things that we're used to seeing him do he's no longer going to do whether it's scramble out of the pocket trying to run for a first down or something like that he's going to be yep. extremely hesitant you're going to see that even in the preseason, let alone, you know, first couple games of the regular season. I think it's going to take him about half the season to really start getting comfortable again before you start seeing him be the the Carson Wentz that we're used to seeing. And that's assuming that he's healthy. Again, I'm not wishing that on him, but we have to, we have to factor that part in. Like, look, is he going to be able to, to stay durable and stay healthy? And then you got Brandon Brooks, who got hurt in the playoffs last year. So you 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 kind of lose that guy. I I, I think that's going to be a kind of like a big big deal for them. I really do, uh, because uh-huh. you know uh-huh. you, you're talking about Achilles. That's at least a year. So he went to the, you know in the second round of the playoffs. Even if he finishes early and ready to come back early, it, it's still you're not going to get him until at least half the season. He's going to start off on the on the pump list, so you know. So they that they got to have to make some make some you know I don't, I don't know Jason Peters is he enough Cuervo? I don't think so. I, listen now, and Brandon Brooks is nothing you know great, but I mean the guy had skills. 
Um, and, and I think this, sure. that, that injury hurts them up a lot going into the season uh, because you're going to d- depend upon guys that are not normally the guys that are going to step in and be a starter for you. So, um, you know, they, they, get, they get Andre Dillard in the first round. You know, you know I, I'm not impressed, but, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, yeah, yeah. but – you know, then then you got to ask yourself the question, and this is the biggest question that I got. You you know, outside of Carson Wentz, you got a head coach that's a hell of a head coach, but man, does sometimes Doug Peterson worry you? I mean, I, I know he worries me. So I want to. What do you think? Does he worry you at all? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I I get it. He's a you know he's a huge risk taker. I mean, who the hell? Would have came. Up, would have thought he was going to come up with the Philly special in the Super Bowl of all time. Exactly. You know? But like you said, that, even, even a blind dog will find a bone every once in a while, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, I I personally don't worry about Doug Peterson, uh, you know, a whole lot. I think that. Uh, he understands when to take risks and when to not take risks because I've seen him be conservative a lot, uh, at times too, you know. So yeah. he's not, you know, he's definitely not Riverboat Ron like uh, like uh, Tarvin's guy in Carolina. But but I think he understands a little bit more when is the right time to take a risk on something or when to take a chance, you know, whether it's something that he sees in the defense or or just – you know, or it's just that gut instinct. Uh, I think he has a very good sense of of timing, you know, to do things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, me personally, no. I, I, to answer your question, Sonny, I don't. I don't worry too much about Peterson and his decision making. Where do you have the Philadelphia Eagles in this division? I have them in fourth. I see him take a dip. Um, one more. So there's only two teams left, and you know who I, you know, I think you know which way I'm going. But where, where do you have the Philadelphia Eagles in this division? So I've, I've got them finishing second. Um, I, I know I normally, I normally have some love for the Eagles. I picked them last year to win the division. Uh, but, uh, you know, who would have thought that Wentz was going to hurt himself a second time? Uh, so, uh, but, uh, but you know, I mean, between that, between the questions of Foles, uh, and on top of that, look, I'm sorry, but I think letting Nick Foles walk away was was the Eagles are going to regret that they did that. They are. Oh, I, I, you know, I think it affects. I think affects them way beyond just the move. I, I it affects them out on the football field. They don't. This, you know, sometimes you need a you need the Linus uh, blanket. That's what Nick Foles was for the Philadelphia Eagles. They don't got it anymore, man. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, it's, it's fun to see Deshaun back in Philadelphia. You know, they get Jordan Howard now. Uh, you know, they've Watch got uh, Sean Jack. I, I think he could still make some plays. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, this is another team that, uh, you know, is going to be relying a lot on the tight end. Uh you know, you can see him be the number three option because with Alshon and Deshaun being there, Alshon Jeffrey I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, 
you know, look, and, and Zach Ertz is a premier tight end, okay? So, right. you know, he's a guy. Got to be able uh, to hit him. I mean, and, and, by the way, I think Alshon Jeffries could be a superstar. I do. And that was a hurt for the Chicago Bears when they when they let that. I think the guy can be a superstar, but that also means you got to feed him the ball as well. So you you got to be able to find the quarterback that will feed him the ball. So he's get, he's going to be that. You know, the, the Sean Jackson. I, I think he's too much of a he, he is too much of a distraction in reality. But the only reason why they got to Sean mm-hmm. Jackson is so they know the Washington Redskins playbook. That's all. I mean, so it's not like they had any great big lug for him. They obviously want his knowledge on what they're doing with the ball. You got two games against Washington. Yeah, let's bring him on. Maybe he can make some play for us as well. Then he was brought on for what he knows as far as the playbook and Jake Gruden. And that, you really you know, think that's why, though? Why would you get Deshaun Jackson? I mean, we, I mean, Quervo, the guy is washed. I mean, it, I mean, let's be honest. The, the guy doesn't have the talent that he used to have, all right? And, and he can make some plays. You know, I guess if you, you see the veteran play, but you, you don't bring back a guy like a Deshaun Jackson, which, by the way, is a pain in the ass anyway to have on your football team. The only reason why you you don't bring him because of talent, Cuervo, there are a lot of uh, – there's second and third year uh, or, uh, running, uh, wide receivers that are Deshaun Jackson or if not better. So, so why why even why even bring this guy back? You bring him back for what he knows. He knows that he knows that um, that franchise that he, they know they're going to have to fight the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins. I mean, I don't think anybody's worried about the Giants. So you got two games with the Giants that you'll probably win. Wouldn't it be great if you could maybe get some kind of inside information on what's coming their way? I mean, now, Jay Gruden, should he be smart enough to change the playbook? Yeah, but do you depend upon Jay Gruden to be that guy? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, yeah, sometimes I worry about Jay Gruden at, the, at, at running this team. They kept him on for another year for a reason, but I'll talk about that in just a moment. But, you know, I, I don't know. Will they change up the playbook on him? They should. They better. If they don't, they're stupid. So, you know. But I think that's the reason why it is. I think the, the tendency of knowing who that head coach will be, if there's anybody that knows that head coach, you know, and you need two games, so you got four games, you got an opportunity to win. And within this division, those four games are very important because you don't know what you're going to get with the other two. So, you know, or, or the other one. So with the Dallas Cowboys, so, yeah, I I think that's why they grabbed him. I don't think they grabbed him up because this guy is anything to write the home to mama about. I might be wrong. I mean, it, it's going to be hard to tell. I mean, th- th- there's, I mean, losing Golden Tate uh, didn't help the situation. Uh, no, nope. he's gone. You know, Nelson. I don't think Nelson Aguilar is. is Turning out to be the guy that they were that they were hoping he would be, uh, but I like Nelson Aguilar. I think I think he's a I think he's a solid wide receiver. It's just I don't think honestly I don't think the Eagles use him enough. Yeah, that's my opinion. With the speed that that guy has, they should be using him almost the way that the Chiefs use Tyreek Hill, or that the way yeah. that. Um, that uh, uh, who's another guy? I guess kind of how Deshaun used to be used with, back when his er, er, younger days. 
with the Eagles, and now you have both of those guys. Now Deshaun's a little yep. bit older. I think he's still got some speed on him. But I, I, I'm really going to be interested to see how Doug utilizes both of those guys because you could use both of those guys in, you know, reverse, uh, re, you know, reverse plays. You know, look, the RPO is becoming a huge thing now in the NFL. And you got two yeah. receivers with, with, with very good speed that you can use in the RPO system. Um, and it's going to create some confusion on offense uh, for, uh, you know, for, or, don't fall in love defensively with that, for other teams. So, don't fall in love with that. Don't fall in love with that. That's the wildcat all over again. They'll figure that one out. I, you know, I, I, I maybe it's me. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not a lover of that stat. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's a stretch. I call it, I call it a stretch strat, a stretch stat. Um, you know, when you're trying to, when we, when you got to try to make a point about something, so it's a stretch stat, you know, to try to get that figured out with him on that team. But I get what you're saying. It, it is becoming a very popular stat. So having been said, well, I think well, that moves the Wildcat me. ever did. Well, so, anyways, go ahead, Sonny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. However, that leads me to my number two team, and there it goes. My number two team is the Washington Redskins. And, and I can't believe I'm about ready to say what I'm going to say, Cuervo, because the Washington Redskins did something right. I mean, normally uh, normally you can't do that. I mean, normally you can't. Now, this is my opinion, and I know I might be out in left field. All right, so let me just get that out of the way because Sonny Clark has come up with some crazy things to talk about and, and, and crazy things. But the Washington Redskins, I think, finally did something right. Now, first of all, it starts with, with, with your draft. Okay, you get the guy. Okay, in reality, that yeah. was the guy for the Washington Redskins. So let's be honest. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. but what, what is the bigger, the bigger get for him in reality is that there's Case Keenum right there. Now, I, that's the part I can't believe I'm saying. Okay, that's the part. Because, Cuervo, this is Case Keenum's wheelhouse in reality. If he ends up being the backup quarterback, this could be the best thing for Case Keenum because this is what he does. He comes into games. He, this is not the guy you depend on to be your franchise. He is the guy that you expect to come in when Dwayne Haskins gets hurt or Dwayne Haskins is just really not getting it. So you need the veteran leadership. The, the fact that they got the one-two punch, again, I'm not a Case Keenum fan. I, 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 I don't know how many times I blasted them on him, but for what they, what they might end up doing, because we don't know if Dwayne Haskins is going to be the starter. No one said anything. I'm going with the assumption he's going to be. I think they should be, and he's kind of Doug Williams' guy, and if you don't know Doug Williams, he is the Redskins' GM. So he's kind of Doug Williams' guy you know, Super Bowl champion, Hall of Fame, Doug Williams, you know. So, so mm-hmm. I think that it, I think they, they got it right here. And, and Bruce Allen and Dan Schneider, if you're believing the rumors that are out there, they want to keep their nose in it. But at, and you, the reason why you got that is because of who your head coach is. Jay Gruden is not his brother. Jay Gruden is a tentative head coach, but 
that seems to work in reality because what Jay is doing, he's he's just kind of weathering the storm that Bruce Allen and you know and, and uh, Daniel Schneider are, and he's just I just coach the team, just let me do it, and fine, I'll listen to you, and we'll go with it, and if you're going to put your foot down, you're the boss, but he's going to make the best of it. That's what Jay Gruden coaches. You know, he is not John Gruden saying, I ain't starting that comeback. He he can't he can't play to save his life. He could battle out of a brown paper bag. That's John Gruden compared to Jay Gruden. But Jay Gruden is able to work it a little bit better. And obviously look at the record from last year, who had the better record, you know. So I, I actually like and I got a good feeling about the the Redskins this year, you know, and 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 that's the reason why. And I think they got the right coach for this football team, even though he is not necessarily the coach that you really want in reality. Because obviously you'd rather have a John Gruden type of guy more so than a Jay. But when it fits, it fits. It's almost like Jason Garrett here in Dallas you know, he's not going to be head coach on any other football team in reality. Well, maybe not. Because, you know, but, but when he got the job, he wasn't going to be a head coach anywhere in the NFL, period, except Dallas. And I think that's what you get with Jay Gruden. And then Jay Gruden gets another job once they fire him and they go to a team that's struggling, and then Jay Gruden will go in there. So I think Jay Gruden is the right one for the franchise. He's stayed there long enough. So, And, and not only this, Cuervo, Get this, and this is one that, that I just heard about the other day, is that Alex Smith is, says he's interested in playing. Wouldn't it be great if that you grabbed up a Alex Smith back again? Now, I don't know what his contract says or who he belongs to or anything, but wouldn't that be a kind of a cool thing for the Washington Redskins to get Alex Smith back? Yeah, captain check down and everything else, but at the same time, you've got a guy that could back up. So you've got, in reality, if you if you kind of stretch it, and maybe you grab up Alex Smith again, get him back on your football team. You got two, you got you got two pretty good backup quarterbacks for for a rookie. Uh, whether you're just going to train the, the rookie, you know, give him advice on what he's going to do. I just, I just like where the Eagles are going in reality, and I can't believe I'm saying that about you know Case Keenum. But then again, he's not Kirk Cousins, so you know he, he's he's. He has the capability of being Kirk Cousins. I just don't think he is to that point yet. So I I think it's the right place for him in reality. And, yes, I'm picking this division from two to four based upon the quarterback positions. I tell you, I'm surprised, Sonny, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't think you had that much love for the Redskins because, I mean, I don't. I don't have – as much love for them as you do. I've got them in third. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely think that they were blessed with having Haskins fall into their lap. But yeah. they're running into the same problem that a lot of teams do. They get the quarterback, and that's good. That's what you want. Now you got to go out there and you got to find uh, guys to get, you know, get him to throw the ball to. And mm-hmm. that's something that the Redskins don't have. I mean – Paul Richardson. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, who who do you guys yep. have? Yeah. You guys don't have anybody. So that's the that's, that's the when you got the young cat going to develop some chemistry with someone that'll come out from the crack, baby. That's the that's you know I don't know. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think that, uh, you know, and it's not a knock on them because you got you got to establish the quarterback first. Uh, and, and I think that's what they, they, they were failing to do over the past few years. But Good now point. that they've got it, they've got it figured out and they're, you know, they're where they want to be as far as quarterback. Cause I'll tell you, Keenum's a hell of a backup. That, that is a great backup to Haskins. I think it worked out. Oh, it's great. It couldn't have, mm-hmm. could not have worked out any better for the, uh, for the, um, the Redskins. So, uh, you know, huge, huge kudos to them for how that all played out. But, you know, I still think they need some playmakers. They, I mean, I, I want to see what Darius guys can do. You know, he got hurt his rookie year, didn't get to play. So I want to see what he does now that he's going to be back. Um, you know, but, but at the wide receiver position, I mean, at tight end, I mean, Jordan yep. Reed, when he's healthy, he's a, he's a pretty good tight end. It's just, yep. That's the key thing. It's when he's healthy. He's, he's, he, you know, you want to talk about guys that can't get through a season. Jordan Reed is one of them. So, that's another guy that you look at and, and you can't really count on him because of right. the lack of of durability. So, um, you know, as much as the Redskins want to say that, hey, we're you know we're excited about how you know Dwayne's going to play with with a tight end like Jordan Reed, uh, yeah, kinda helping him out, and but that's can you really count that? Like, I don't think you can. So, um, you know, I think, I think the Redskins have some work to do in, in the sense of, you know, finding some playmakers and look, I said it last year and I'm yep. going to say it again this year. I remember go get Des Bryant, go get him, mm-hmm. pay I him as much as pay him, whatever he's asking for. If you, know, you overpay him for a year, who the hell cares? It's one season. Hey, go get Haskins a guy to throw the ball to. I agree. I, I, by the way, just so that you know, Cuervo, because I, 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 we've been doing the show quite a bit. I knew you were going to go there, and I left that for you because I think that's exactly what it could end up being a move that no one's expecting. I mean, we're not hearing a lot about this, Brian. Let's be honest, right, Cuervo? So, so you know, you know. The, the simple fact of the matter is, and and even though I, by far, not a Des Bryant fan, you know, you know, keep that guy on the football team, maybe. I mean, I think the guy, could, you know, for a team, and not only that, he can get his little revenge on the Dallas Cowboys for letting him go if they actually are able to, to somehow beat the Dallas Cowboys within this division. How great would that be? I agree with you 100%. I don't know what his contract situation is with New Orleans. That part I don't know. Um, I don't know who owns the rights or if he's free agent or whatever the case may be. But, Cuervo, I have full agreement with you because I honestly feel that that could be something that is a, a Schneider move. And you've you, you got to give it to Schneider. That guy always makes a Schneider move every year, okay? And this could be that Schneider move, but it might be the right one in reality because those two guys could be peas on the pod because, let's be honest, Des Bryant's maturity level isn't all that high. It might be right there with Dwayne's. So they might be, they might, they might be perfect together. <laughs> this is true. I'll tell you, you want, to, you want to talk about aggressive owners, man. Look. And nobody touches Jerry Jones, but I'll tell you who comes close, Dan Snyder. Yeah. Dan Snyder comes exactly. close. Exactly. Yeah. So they actually go I back, think it's and a good back and forth with each other. Yeah. 
And on top of all that, Dez always talks about wanting to get revenge on Dallas. I mean, don't give me, I mean, if if I'm not mistaken, you know, they're in the same division, and I think that'd be a good spot. You know, the the Cowboy fans hate Washington, so there you go. Absolutely. It's just something to think about. It's something that will, I, I think, you know, could be, you know, in reality, an opportunity for for the Redskins to, and, and not only that, Cuervo, what do they always want to do? The Redskins always want to get under the skin of the Dallas Cowboys. They always do. So you know this could this this could be exactly that, Cuervo. So it's kind of cool, right? But but that, then so you have you have the Washington Redskins in third. I have the Redskins in second. And that leads us to the number one team. Obviously, we both have them there. So that being said, of course, that's the name of this show. That brings us to first place in the NFC East. It was for the locals. And I'm not picking this, by the way, just because of my locals. I picked to win the division last year. And, and I, just as I picked the other three teams based upon their quarterback, I, listen, you can say whatever you want about Dak Prescott. Dallas Cowboy fans and the negative, you're wrong. Okay? All right. Dak Prescott has been the best thing to happen to this football team in years, and that includes Tony Romo. He's going to eclipse Tony Romo, maybe not by stats, but by success. And, you know, forget about the stats. They don't mean anything if you're not making the playoffs or making the moves to get it. Dak Prescott is the quarterback, in reality, that can get you to a Super Bowl. Now, will it happen this year? I don't think so. But to win this division, and this division can maybe get got at 9-7, and seven, and you got Dak Prescott? I'm telling you right now, Cuervo, this one, I didn't even say two seconds on. I don't even know who they got in the draft off the top of my head, nor do I care, because of Dak Prescott and his presence that he brings. That presence isn't felt by the local media because the local media rips this guy up all the time. The fans hate him. But when they get to the playoffs, then they all of a sudden start loving him. And guess what? He's been in the league for three years. He's been in the playoffs for two of those three years. Oh, yeah, by the way, he's run a playoff game a lot quicker than one Tony Romo. And people were talking about bringing Tony Romo back, and they were hoping they would get him. How stupid is that when you got a young cat that <laughs> has come out and has, has t- turned this franchise around? And not only that, let's just take it off of the football field, Cuervo. How can you not like Dak Prescott? This guy's cool as a cucumber, dude. I'm telling you right now, they got they got a cool dude at the quarterback position. I, 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 you could talk to him and everything else. He's very accessible. Um, he's very successful. He he is the future of this of this squad, and he's gonna get the contract that reads it. Thank you, and is that uh, that thanks to Russell Wilson, and you know so. That he's going to get his money. That money's coming. And guess what? Dak Prescott knows it. So you think Dak Prescott is mad because the deal isn't done yet? Hell no. He is completely happy because he's playing on America's team as well. He is in Dallas where he wants to be. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Dak Prescott haters will woo the day in two years when the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl because of this young cat. I'm telling you right now. 
They're going to have the best offensive line in the NFL. They do it every year. They're going to do it again this year. Okay. So that's going to end up happening. They're going to they get they're probably going to get Travis Frederick back, and that's a big thing too. Um, talk about that. If they get the, the pieces they need, Quavo, they do need to get linebacker and uh, uh, linebacker and uh, the secondary figured out a little bit. They they need to go get two guys. And that, listen, two guys. Jerry Jones is is two signatures on the check. It won't matter. Um, so. The Dallas Cowboys, and, and I really hope they don't, you know, decide that the the um, Legion of Bunghole dude, that the only one that's left who got hurt and that might be back. Uh, I, I hope they don't get him because I think that he himself can ru- ruin the chemistry this football team has. And right now, when you think Dallas Cowboy football, you know, take if you want to take, you got to find a way to take the hate away. Because I've got some mad hate for the Dallas Cowboys, and actually see what's happening in front of your face, and that is the talent, and it's coming together. And I hate to say this, Jason Garrett's a big part of that. And and three years ago, I was ready to let this guy go. So maybe I was <laughs> sorry about that. Maybe I was <laughs> wrong about that situation. And the main reason also is because of Dak Prescott and Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, quarterback, uh, young guy, young guy, Dak Prescott. It's, the whole thing is put together for him. And it's not because I'm a Dallas Cowboy lover, never been a fan. I'm still not a fan. I just think they're going to win this division. And I don't even think there's any question because when you look at the other three teams, they're not complete as much as the Dallas Cowboys. And guess what? In the two places they need help, they'll get that done whether that's in training camp, they'll sign a free agent that will make him, make him be better in those divisions. I think they're in pretty good shape. Now, I think they also make it to the second round of the playoffs next year as well. Um, I don't think they're going to get the bye um, because I looked at the other divisions, you know, other teams in the other divisions, and you know, I just don't think they're going to get the bye. But this is a pretty damn good football team, Cuervo. Yeah, I mean, and I. I think we both do agree on that, you know, considering that we are picking them to win this division. So you can, you can like us again there, uh, local listeners. You can like us again. Um, yes. But, uh, you know, look, I, you know, I got to admit, I underestimated the Dallas Cowboys some. And uh, they they definitely, when when Dak is, is healthy and everything is, is rolling offensively, I mean, you know he he's he's he makes good decisions. He's a, he's a quarterback yep. that, like you said, he's he's cool as a cucumber. He doesn't he doesn't look uh, you know the pressure uh, rattle him at all. He doesn't get he, gets, he doesn't get yeah he doesn't get rattled very often, which is which is uh you know a thing that is very common with younger quarterbacks. But with Dak, he's different. So um, that that is a huge trait that's an intangible that you can't teach uh you know quarterbacks no matter how old or how young they are and so mm-hmm. um you know for the Dallas Cowboys they're they're very they're very fortunate that uh you know that they were able to take a chance on Dak Prescott you know I mean he was what, a fourth round pick so um yep. you know they're very fortunate that somebody else didn't come in and take him in the third round or you know whatever so um, you know, it, it's, uh, 
it's just one of those things where where Dallas, you know, this is one of the biggest breaks I think that they've caught in quite some time. Absolutely. Even 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 Romo wasn't as big of a blessing or a break as what they're getting with Dak Prescott. So yeah, we didn't even talk about Jason Witten coming back to this team. He's good for 50 catches, Cuervo. It's not 60 and maybe five touchdowns. Sure. I, you sure. know, yeah. You're not expecting a lot from – listen, if you're expecting a lot from Jason Witten and him coming back, you're stupid. Now, if he blows it off the uh, off the wheels, hey, great. I, I, but I don't even think the Dallas Cowboys are expect, wanting that or needing or expecting it. I think that that's exactly what they're looking for. Well, 50, 60 catches, five touchdowns, to give him that outlet in case he needs it. Now, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. You, 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 you depend upon a guy like a Jason Witten to do that, and they didn't have that at the tight end position, let's be honest. So, um, you know, they, they have potential, but listen, give me give me a guy who's going to be a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer any day, uh, only coming off one year. This guy didn't want to get out of football. This guy just wanted a break. And, you know, and he got a break. And, listen, and not only that, Cuervo, he's going to be crazy healthy, not just good healthy. Cuervo, he's had almost two years off of the football field. In reality, yeah. when he had a few yeah. days, my God. And not only he, he's going to come back, he's going to be he's going to be just as good, you know, if not – I don't want to say if not better. I just don't expect more from him. But what he brings to the table is better than anything that the Dallas Cowboys could get at that position anywhere, I think. And not only that, they, they get the money cow back to Jason Witten and, the, and selling the jerseys again because they'll, they'll start selling them again. And, but um, I, I just like that whole situation. You know, with the Dallas Cowboys, and you look at the look at the landscape. They still got they they still got a one, two, or three running back, depending on what you think about him. You know, he you may think he's I think he's a punk, but that guy that guy can produce out on the football field. He's not unhappy. He's going to get his money. So you know, if if he didn't already get it, I can't remember if he got it or not. They, I I no, actually, mark that. They, you know, they did give him some money, and they're waiting on Dak Prescott because that are uh, no, they're waiting on Dak in order to get that. I'll, I'll find out what the deal is uh, with the running back. Um, Dallas Cowboys, they, they got you know top three quarterback in the NFL, Cuervo. Yeah, and I think they did too. I mean, it's just a matter of him behaving. That's his biggest downfall. Be a good that. little boy. Yeah, he's got to be a good boy. Good Zeke, good good Zeke. So yeah, that's that's the biggest thing with him is just making sure that he doesn't get himself in any more situations that could get him suspended or whatever. So, um, you know, that all comes into just growing up mentally and maturing. Uh, And for some guys, it takes longer than others. Um, You know, but. For 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 the Cowboys' sake, they're hoping that uh, Zeke can can mature a lot faster than than uh, you know you know sooner rather than later. Please put it that way. So, hey, uh, I, I like Darius but, Jackson too. By the way, just to let you know, they he picked he picked him up from Green Bay, your favorite football team. Um, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, yeah. I, I like I like Darius Jackson. 
I, I like him. I, I think the versatility. He, he's kind of he's kind of like a Zeke point two. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, it, yeah. even to the point they actually kind of look alike. You know, in reality, you put the two pay. He's just a younger version in, in reality. They they kind of look alike. So you know, I, I, uh, the, the, the speed and combination of both of those guys. And then they got Mike Mike Weber as well, just to let everybody know. So you know Jordan Chun as well too. But uh, Darius Jackson and Ezekiel Elliott will be the ones you punch coming from from the Cowboys, and either one of them are going to be just as good. So I like that part too. So they just need to shore up a little bit on the defense, Cuervo, and I think they'll do it. You know, and they don't have well, to break their neck yeah. to get that guy either. So well. And and I think I think a guy that's really emerging as as a, as a shutdown corner or one of the one of the better guys in the league, you know, say what you want. Byron Jones is a very good, uh, you know, good point corner in the league, and yeah. and I think he's a guy that gets forgotten about when you talk about top corners in this league. Uh, you know, yep. every, obviously everybody wants to point to Jalen Ramsey and all that stuff. I'll tell you, Byron Jones is one of the most athletic guys you're going to see in the NFL. I mean, I agree. You know, everybody, everybody. I think they should write the check where they overpay the guy and make him happy. And guess what? And they got their guy too. You know, they've done so, it before. They did it with Derek Carr, or not Derek Carr. Last name Carr, first name like name slip on me. They, uh, yeah, Brandon. He was really Brandon. good. Brandon yeah, Brandon Carr. Carr. They, they did it to him. They made him happy. And, and Brandon Carr has, mm-hmm. you know, a decent career here. Uh, but I think you're right. I think it, he's better than, than Carr. So, you know, sign him up. Give him a couple extra mil. Make him happy. And I, I agree, Corvo. I, I, I think that's the guy they should eye in reality. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you made a, a comment earlier about a guy from the Legion of Bungles, and you were hoping they weren't signing him. Don't worry. You can't take you can't find Earl Thomas. He's already a Baltimore Raven, so you don't have to worry think, about oh, that. Oh, that's 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 right. That I did. I forgot about that. Good <laughs> yeah. because just to refresh. God, I hate reason. that guy. I, 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 you know what? No, you know what? I, I, I actually like Earl Thomas by himself. Just when he gets with those other idiots on that thing, I think he. I think he could be so great by himself. He didn't need he didn't need those other guys. I think him and Bobby Wagner were really guys that were complete. And Bobby Wagner definitely underrated. Um, Earl Thomas, I, I think that guy he didn't he didn't need all the other uh, all the other stuff. That guy could stand alone, but I just think he fell yeah, in with the, the ego thing holes. where it's hard for me to even look at him. You know? <laughs> yeah, just get away from the other bungholes, huh? Yeah, get away from the other bung holes out there. So, but, yeah, but <laughs> good old so Sherman. That that leaves us in the NFC East. Cuervo and I are both on top on Dallas. We're also both That's on right. the bottom, the Giants and the bottom. Uh, so where we differ right. is I got Washington in second, Philly taking the step back. Cuervo says Philly is going to stay in that number two position with Washington coming in third. So you know this is going to be interesting. It, it, Interesting division in football. A nine and seven can actually win the division. We've seen it. Um, I think ten and six. I think ten and six and eleven and five are the numbers that you'll see with either the Dallas Cowboys. I, I think the Dallas Cowboys can at least win ten games. The Cowboys are going to make the playoffs. Um, if they don't win the division, they'll be wild card. But I think they're going to win the division. Um, but. That way, if they don't win this division, that means Washington or Philadelphia just played out of their minds. 
and, and I just don't think they got the personnel to do it. So that's the reason why I'm right there with the Cowboys to win the division. They just don't have the right personnel to take that step. Now, if I was going to shoot for a team that might be able to do it, play out of their mind would be, would be the Eagles. But that would have to be Carson Wentz playing all the games this year, not getting hurt, and they don't have to go to Cody Kessler. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, true. Very true. I think the Eagles, they signed another guy, too, and I can't think of who it is, but I think they signed someone else uh, as a backup quarterback. But I just I can't think of who it is right now. Well, Google knows. Here, yeah, here it is. It, it, it's, it's Nate Studsfield, whoever the hell that is. No, I, okay, maybe they didn't. How about Clayton Thorson? Clayton Thorson? Uh, from yeah, they got him. Right. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. But when it comes I think to the Eagles, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at the depth chart right now. They got Carson Wentz, Cody Kessler, yeah. Nate Sudfield, and Clayton Thorson. So okay. those then are. I thought they had. Okay. And they then may. I, this I, may just not I be complete, but yep. Yeah, <laughs> but. But I will say this. It's going to be inter- this this going to be an interesting Eagles. division of football. I think this will be the most interesting division. I think more stories are going to come out of this division out of any other one in it reality in the NFC. It, it, it happens every year. It, it, yeah, it, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be Eli, you know, he's living up to my expectations or playing out of his mind, um, or Philadelphia and Carson Wentz coming out there. You know, it, 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 we'll get some great news coming out of the NFC East this year. I, 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 I believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a real quick other note on the Eagles, Sonny. Just, uh, I, I know their first-round pick was Andre Dillard, the offensive tackle from okay. uh, Wazoo, which is, which is you know, what they do. Wazoo. Uh, yeah. From Wazoo. But I tell you, the guy that uh, – the guy to look out for, though, is Miles Sanders, their second-round pick out of Penn State, the running back. Um, you know, you want to talk about trying to Very follow – Very versatile. Yeah, you want to talk about trying to follow up, uh, uh, you know, a guy like Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think Sanders, you know, he's a local kid, so he's not going to move very far. He's going from, you know, from Penn State to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So it's not. I don't think it's that far of a move. So that that's he's going, he's going to be a guy that if he produces, he'll be, you know, like a fan favorite to the Eagles. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, real real quick, uh, can you know? You know, cut on cut on a dime. Um, so he he's you know those are the type of running backs that the Eagles like to use because um, yep. how much they do like run screen plays and you know swing passes. And, you know they use running back a lot in their system. So um, you know Jordan Howard is more of a, a power runner, uh, but you still need that guy that's going to be able to you know shake and bake his way to a first down. Uh, and Good Sanders point. is going to be that guy. You know that that's the guy that they're going to be using uh, for those type of situations. So just to just to you know keep an eye out, I think he's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's something to go. So that's the NFC and AFC uh, East. Uh, always the interesting in football in the NFC East. The AFC East is what it is. So. With that being said, of course, that's the name of the show. 
Um, that's like so, so the top of the hour. I am going to go into overtime. I don't know how much time you have, Cuervo, um, but uh, some it, it, an interesting story. I, and frankly, if I didn't read about it, Cuervo, I wouldn't have known about it. So this just goes to show how really important this is. But I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, that obviously it's not high on my priority list. Why is everybody giving, you know, uh, Alvin Kamara a problem with him not taking out a nose ring before meeting the GM? I mean, listen, Alvin Kamara, I don't think has ever taken that thing out. So, I mean, I, I, I get, I get the professionalism of it. You're going to go meet, you know, an NFL, you know, general manager and everything. You should maybe do it, but. But I guess maybe, I, you know, out of all the things that can go on, why is this making news? Am I missing something, Cuervo? I don't even know if you heard about it, but I, I saw this. I was like, what, why are they making such a federal case over, by the way, Al, Alvin Kamara, badass. Leave this guy alone. I, I Maybe I'm missing this. I don't know. He's not doing anything wrong, I, I think. What do you think? Wait, so – so they're making a deal out of the fact that he met with the GM and he didn't take his nose ring out. Yes, I mean all, all the things that a team could bitch about. I mean, this is what they're bitching about. <laughs> I mean, can, uh, can 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 we please strike up the laugh button because that yeah, that's I, what we, this, yes, this is. This is a I, joke. I can, I can actually do that. I uh, you just push. I know the it's going to take two minutes, <laughs> but. I, I don't I don't have one this is stupid. I have a blasphemy, but I don't have one that says this is stupid. But this is going to be the Barkley dumbest the report job. I've read. It, it, you know, what the – exactly. I mean, and, and not only that, hey, Cuervo, after a season like he had last year, they found their guy in reality, and, and they're making, making such a big ordeal about this. I mean, to me, it, it seems really, really, really stupid. And, and – I don't know. Maybe they give this guy some respect for what he did out on the football field and, you know, worry about the big stuff. This is not big. Well, I I mean, I have a lot of questions about this. And this is, you know, because I got to stick up for the, you know, for the the former Tennessee Vol here, okay? Um, Right. First of all, first of all, all, who did he meet with? Who is this meeting with the GM? Yeah. Is that right? The meeting with – and, yeah, and I don't even know who it is. So, you know, I, I just yeah. – I read it, and, and I, I just read briefly. And I was like, this is a non this, this is the kind of crap that they end up, you know, writing about in the offseason in the NFL when it slows down a little bit. And that's what we – you got, we got a little lull here because you're going from training camp, you know, getting into training camp and stuff. So you got a little lull here in the NFL, and this is the kind of crap that they find. I, I'm just maybe, – maybe it's me, but I'm I'm just going, geez, let's find something better to bitch about. Well, okay, so my next question is, what was this meeting about? Because if it was just like a casual to, like, you know, talk about – if it was basically, if it was anything formal, right? If it was an informal thing, then yes, I don't see, I don't see the the uproar. Now, if it was like a formal thing where you know he needed to be, you know, in business attire or something like that, then okay, I can see where you would say, yeah, he probably should have for a more professional look. But if it was just to sit down and talk about football, right? Just, I'm just 
throwing an example out there. I don't think I'm, I'm removing removing a nose ring is not going to change anything about the discussion that they had. If it was a, it was just strictly like a football conversation, but if it was like, you know, like I said, if it was like something formal where he needed to be in like professional business attire, then you know, it, I, I I'll admit it's probably not a good look if you're wearing a nose ring with a suit. So maybe he should have thought about removing it. But it doesn't sound like that, that that's the case with this. So right. it's all about the setting for me. For me, it's about the setting. And, you know, what this discussion, because, I mean, really, he's, he's, that's his boss's boss. You know what I mean? Like, right. Sean Payton, Sean Payton's his head coach. That's his boss. But Sean Payton's boss is the GM. So, you know, I mean, when you're the star player, you always want to set the example. And uh, between him and Drew, the, those are the, those are the stars on the team. So, um I don't know. That may, maybe maybe I'm just going way off into left field with it, but that's the way I look at it, Sonny. It, is, it, it depends on the setting for me. Yeah, I, and I, evidently this didn't happen this year. Just to let you know, I'm just reading this, and and it just goes to the stretch when it's like they're taking a portion out of an interview that he did with a place called Guard Down, um, and and it says he said I had a team before, and that that's what where I'm getting this has had that I, I, I'm not sure where else he played, to be honest. So, I mean, all of a sudden, Alvin Kamara is a, a running back for the Saints. I'm not even sure where this guy came from. I, I, I guess I could hit the Google and find out. But he, he said, I had a team where I, I had a team uh, before where I went into a meeting and one of the guys came up to me and was like, well, you're about to go in with the GM. So, you know, he doesn't really understand the nose rings and things like that. And Kamara's answer to that was, so you might want – so the guy continues on and says, you might want to, quote, unquote, tuck them in. And I don't know how you necessarily tuck that thing in. I, 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 don't, I don't know anything about nose rings or anything else like that. So I can't I, – but, can. I, again, you, you can't – you can tuck it where you can't, you can't really see it as much. You just kind of just rotate it, and, and it actually, like – goes into the nose uh, you don't remove it or anything it's just so the ring is hanging but if you just kind of push it up into your nose like it's it's a lot Got less it. visible you know it, it'll probably feel fine in your nose I mean I wouldn't know I've never pierced my nose but I've I, seen people I, do yeah. it before so uh, but what he's talking about so the Saints drafted him so he's never been yeah. on another team uh, but well, I, think here's the, I found to, out what it is. This was when he was being approached and being considered, and he was interviewing yeah, with GM. Yes. So that's yes. what it was. So, and he didn't specifically yes. say who it is, but I, I you know, it, it, two things came to mind. Number one, it's a slow news thing, evidently, you know, <laughs> because God, out of all the things, and second of all, how dumb can that be? I mean, I get it and I understand it. And I, I get, but at the same time, even Sonny Clark, who is as traditional as it can get, I, I'm I'm sitting here thinking to myself, why would anybody worry about this in reality? Out of all the things that you have to explain about your players, you know, either A, looks or actions, I don't think a nose ring anymore qualifies to being weird or stupid or outside the lines in reality because there's just so much that 
the guys either do say or wear or anything else. So I don't necessarily think there's anything else. So, I mean, so my point of me bringing this up in reality, Cuervo, is, God, they need to, they need to find some real news instead of making it up. It drives me insane when they do things like that uh, to do it. Now. That having been said, of course, we're in overtime. Let me know if you don't have time because there's two more issues I want to hop in on because I I, I found them entertaining. Um, I found it was uh, Sonny being right on as usual. So I have to pat myself on the back because my arm, you know, I'm going to loosen up my arm a little bit here, Cuervo. And I'm going to go. And I'm going to – the funny thing about this is when I was looking at what was going on uh, as far as – Big baller brand, Cuervo. And if you know anything about what ended up happening with LeVar Ball and everything, I kind of talked to – I don't know if you've seen the back and forth with Tarvin on, on that whole thing, but LeVar Ball, you know, gets to the point – and I know we're living in a political correct world, Cuervo, and I get it. And uh, to the point, I get where Tarvin is coming from as far as everybody's kind of soft. And But LeVar Ball – you know, you know, I, I, I guess. See, and this is the re, this is the reason why you don't have clowns on major shows, okay? ESPN, as as much as I hate it, they they're the they're the major show, okay? So they bring Lavar Ball on this clown, which everybody knows he's a clown. I don't even know why ESPN is so hopped up on him before this incident, but he, you know. Got a little inappropriate with, you know, the host of, you know, ESPN's um, first take. Um, so my question is, Cuervo, and I don't know if you know about the story, but um, first of all, do you know about the story about LeVar Ball and his inappropriate uh, remarks to Molly Quim? Yeah, about switching gears and all that. Yeah, I know the story. Yeah, the switching gears. Now, I, maybe maybe it's because I have daughters and I find it a little bit a little bit more sensitive. I realized that after I was going off on it about you know because if if this guy said that about my daughter, I'd punch him in the mouth. I know I would because I know me. And um, the the never mind the fact it was sexual, but it was the lack of respect. I, so that's where I was coming from on it. So Levar Ball, the switching the gears. It, is Molly being too too soft about the matter, or it is just the fact that this is a clown? We should just accept it and be okay with it. You know, I'll be honest, Sonny. So I've read the story. I've read a lot about it, um, but I think I I actually haven't taken a minute to sit down and listen to it because I think that's going to determine how I feel about it because. Yeah, the context of how it was said, you know what I mean? Like that's that is, I guess, would be the determining factor for me. If it was, if it. it was, if it sounded like just a complete innuendo, um, and it was like, oh, I'd like to switch gears with you. Like, is that how it sounded? Like, I don't know. That's I exactly, actually... that. That's the way I took it. Where that's the way I heard it. And again. Sensitivity got girls of my own. If I pop them in the mouth, I, that's the right. way well, but, I but heard it. But but is that how he actually said it though, or was it just yeah? Let's just let's let's switch gears real quick. 
Like, is that how he said it? Or he's like, no. He's like, no. yeah, I think we should no. switch gears. Because I wouldn't have had a problem with it, Cuervo. I would, if he would have said it exactly that way, Cuervo, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But it, 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 so he did it the other way. And then add up on top of the fact that he's a clown up on top of it, it makes it worse. So okay. it, it was a little, it was to so, me. And the way I heard it, it was a little sexual. And, you know, now, granted, during the time that this is going on, just so that you know, Stephen A's ripping on it, you know, and, and, and so to get <laughs> off the subject, because you know those producers are in her ear saying, let's get off this subject. So that's the reason why she chimed in in the way that she did and when she did. But it, it caught yeah. him so off guard, he went to natural big baller dumbass clown that he is and you know and and as much as a guy does this and does it a lot it doesn't mean that it's right if this is what's expected it, it's to me it's not right i mean just because no oh, this is the way he is it, it's like having andrew dice play on your show cuervo now i don't mm-hmm. know if, i might be going a little bit before your time i don't know if you know who dice is but you get what you I've heard of him. okay you get what you get with that clown, okay? So you know, if you're going to go see a show to Andrew Dice Clay, you're not easily offended. I guess it's the way you do it, the way you say it, okay? But usually in this setting of what First Take is, it's about sports. It's not about being, you know, being sexual at all. And when she said, Let, let's switch gears, and he's like, oh, you can switch gears with me anytime. I, I, just, I just know I, I would have went for the guy's throat. Okay. I, just, I just know it. That's I just, I just know you me. can switch gears. That, that exactly. Okay. And okay. even if it was in a joking matter, Cuervo, it doesn't matter in reality, at least to me. Um, in reality, okay, if it was time. a quote unquote joking matter, wrong it's place, definitely wrong time, unpro- unprofessional, huh? Yeah, wrong place, wrong time. Wrong yeah, place, wrong time, exactly. And I compared it. I compared it for him being, you know, in a bar picking up a bar hoe. Now that's a perfectly great setting for the way that he said that. Okay. Now I don't think he should do it, even though it's a bar hoe. But at least he's in a bar, you know. And you kind of, and women who walk into a bar, they kind of expect that. Sort of like if you walk into an Andrew Dice Clay, you know, you, you know, you pay the money to see him, you know what you're getting from it. So. You know, yeah, yeah. but I don't think she walked into this doing this. Now, the problem I have, okay, and I know this is me being stupid. Jalen Rose, by the way, is married to this young lady. Yeah. Jalen Rose, yeah. the, the NBA player. And, yep. and, and here's my problem Jalen Rose didn't need to say anything. This young lady can stand up for herself. I mean, maybe it's me. But, you know, now, I understand the protectiveness because I said if it was my daughter, then I'd be all over this guy. But this is not my daughter. This is a grown woman. And not only that, this woman's not sure to saying what she feels. She don't need Jalen Rose's help. I, I, that was, that's the only thing I took out of this as far as, I mean, and I get why he wants to protect her because he loves her and he's his wife. I get it. But in the, in the ranks of professionalism, I'd love to see this woman stand up on her own, leave Jalen Rose completely out of it. Now, I don't know if he was asked about it, but it was in the headlines. He so, so, yeah. Exactly. So, but I don't know if that was encouraged or if he came out and said that I want to say something about it. So I'll put this disclaimer mm-hmm. on it. 
If he said I want to say something about it, ask me the question, then he's wrong. Let your wife stand up for herself. Let her be the strong woman that she is. Because, listen, you're in between those two idiots out there, Max Kellerman and Stephen A. you got to have some kind of backbone, okay? So she doesn't need him to stand up. So if he wanted to do so, I'm going to put it out there and say he's in the wrong. But, you know, if if it is someone asking him, I guess I'll go ahead and – give him the thing. But if he was actually putting it out there, I want to talk about this. He's in the wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he had to have been asked about it. I mean, I'm talking about Jalen. So, I mean, it's a natural thing. I mean, you're going to defend your wife, you know, as, as a man, yep. as a husband, that's, that's what you do. You know what I mean? And, and even if he wasn't asked, you know, I mean, maybe he shouldn't have come out and go, I'm going to beat that, you know, that dude next time I see him or whatever, you know, you keep yeah your thoughts to yourself. You know what I mean? But like, let your gonna, wife be a professional. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, I, I don't think, look, my, I don't know. And, and again, maybe, maybe because everybody's different. Okay. Me personally, yeah. people can say whatever they want to my wife, because guess what? She has a mouth to respond. And, my yeah, wife is ha, uh, a is strong a woman. background, so yep. you know she's liable to cuss you out because she's Mexican. I, I've that's, heard, that's in their I, I haven't heard her cuss you out, but I, she's been on this show one time, and you can just tell that about her from just the way that she's talking. Yeah, so she, you know, she's not afraid to tell you what's on. I'm her sure mind. you've been on the end of it too. <laughs> oh, too many times. Too many. And half of it, half of the time, it's not even my fault. But yeah, I don't know what that gets <laughs> But hey, that's <sighs> as husbands, right? We 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 take the yes. blows even when we didn't give them. So, but anyway, absolutely. You know, so you can say what you want. You know, she's gonna choose to respond how she wants. But let me tell you something. The second you go and you put your hands on my wife, uh huh. Yeah. Now, now 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 I'm gonna get involved. It's now, definitely different. You know, you now you're asking you're asking for my attention too. So, yep. that is some. Now, had he like leaned? Imagine if he would have like leaned over and like touched her shoulder or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Uh, and, and then I then I would be I, and Cuervo, this is me. I, I I'd be all over him. You know, it, it, you know what it would remind me of? It would remind me of um, uh, Everett going off on. Um, uh, Jim Rome. What's his nose? Yeah, Jim Rome. Jim Rome. That, and, and I, <laughs> Don't call and me I Chris. pay to see it. And I, and I pay, Chris, and I pay right? to see it. Don't call me Chris. <laughs> so, yeah. That, by the now, way, that's now, one of my favorite parts yeah. of sports race, sports now, ever. Let me just throw this out there, though, Sonny. That I'm not, I'm not excusing LeVar Ball for what he did. I'm not saying it was okay what he did or what he said. Um, do I think he's the biggest slimeball in the world? No. Uh, do I think he he's is a slimeball? For, for, yeah, well, he's definitely a bozo. But is he also a slimeball for, for what he said? Yeah. To an extent, Absolutely. I think he is. But, I mean, it's not like he, you know, was fondling her on national TV. God, imagine. I yeah. mean, he, he would yeah. never... He would he wouldn't be able to see the light of the day if he did that. And yeah. on top of that, Absolutely. Wife, probably the even like you so. said, even Cuervo, even just a touch on the hand 
would have probably lit me off. Uh, just touching the hand or his so, shoulder, that guy, that guy would probably be six feet under, or he'd be hurt real bad, real so, bad. Yeah, my point is, Sonny, I think it was it was definitely, you know, it was very unprofessional. But do I think people should go off the deep end about it? No, no, I don't think so because it was just words. You know what I mean? Like, right? It just shows it just shows his character and it shows how much of a bozo he is. And yeah. a much of a slime ball that he can be, and that he can't be dependent on to even get through a decent interview without having to say something stupid. Because every time he's on TV, he always says something stupid. This time he, he can't took it resist. a little too far. Yeah, yeah, he yep. can't resist. He took it a little too far this time. He got unprofessional uh, with you know with a, with a female reporter, and that's why you don't see a lot of female. Uh, well, I mean, you're seeing more of it now, but you know, I mean, well, if, you if, if men could yep. just keep their words and their hands to themselves, you would see more of it. You would see a lot more. Absolutely. In, in the sports point. reporting business, you know what I mean. But yep. but the, the fact that they have to think about like, oh, am I going to get harassed or am I going to get assaulted in, in a sexual manner because you know guys can't can't control themselves, like. That, that's got to suck. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. if it's something that you're into, you know, because there's, a, I'm sure there's a lot of women out there that they love to be sports journalists. But they're also held back because they don't want to, you know, they have that fear of being sexually assaulted, sexually harassed. Or, and or, or so just it, deal with the nonsense. Yeah. I mean, you I, mean have, I think stuff, you have to have six, Going into this square vote, and, oh, and I'll sure. use the example. I'll use the example of Andy, uh, you know, um, Andrea, um, with uh, with uh, Lenny Melnick. Which, by the way, listen yeah. to their last show on Sirius Radio this morning. Um, uh, you gotta have thick skin. You gotta know what kind of dealing that you're getting. So I, I would almost, I would, I, you know, I gotta think about it. I wish we would have got, got her up on air. That would have been a very interesting conversation because she's a different kind of strong woman compared to even this woman here. In, in other words, I think she could kick the shit out of that guy, girl. Um, so you know, I, I think you just have to have the right mentality. Um, and to, to be in that business, you know, and you have to be able to shrug off boys being boys, but at the same time, boys got to recognize who they're in front of at the same time too. So it, it's one of those things, you know, and you're right, Cuervo, how many years, I mean, did it take for women to actually, you know, be in the position as, a, as some of the women that we're seeing in sports and sports reporting and or in the entertainment portion of it, such as the first take area and things like that, we're seeing more and more of it. And I'm actually surprised we're not hearing more stories about this same thing, but with other people as well. Now we do hear it, but I don't, I think we could hear a lot more in reality. So I get what you're saying about it. It's not being really a national, you know, problem that we have, but it, 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 it rears its ugly face every once in a while. It does, and I mean, you know, at least once or twice a year, we we hear reports of like major, uh, you know, harassment uh, stories. You know, about uh, an athlete making a making a, a you know a, an advance at a woman, uh, whether it's yep. with words or or sometimes, you know, physically. Um, so yep. it's 
the problem hasn't And that's gone why away. ESPN had to uh, – by the way, ESPN banned him from being on uh, on their shows anymore, uh, yeah, which is only so. good for ESPN. <laughs> yeah, rightfully so. Because, Definitely. I mean, the guy can't control himself, so. Yes. But, you know, sometimes you know an idiot is an idiot is an idiot. Yeah. Here, here's the part that nobody's really mentioning. Imagine how his son Ross will feel in the court This is a guy that's infiltrated right? So not only is he getting questioned about, you know, how do you feel about being traded, well, how do you feel about how this dad made an ass of himself on national TV on ESPN uh, two yep. weeks ago when he pretty much made a move on, <laughs> on, the, on the host of the show? You know, uh, your mom's probably watching. So how do you think she you knows? Like, how do you guys feel about this? Imagine yeah. being, how do you answer that How do you answer that question? If you're lying the ball, it, how do you answer that question? You know what oh, I mean? Like, but, but, but that clown will come up with something. You know, Cuervo, that client, he, he is, again, he can't resist because he's saying that he wanted his son to be traded to the Pelicans, okay? So that's how much of a clown he is. So, you know, but, no one but, wants to be traded to the Pelicans. Him, I'm talking about Lonzo himself. Like, oh, yeah. You know, oh, being, good how, point. How he, yeah. How you, he, you got muffled questions. there for a second, so I didn't hear you say Lonzo. But that's a good point, too, Cuervo. Huge point, actually. You know, he just gets traded, so he's getting asked. He's getting asked a question about how he feels about getting traded. You know, and then on top of that, oh, by the way, yeah, how do you feel about your dad? You know, pretty much making a fool of himself on national TV, trying to hit on a married woman with your mom probably <laughs> watching. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so well, he's been. He's been trying to distance his way away from his father. He signed with Adidas. Forget the big ball of Brian. He signed with the, he, he signed with Adidas. If I'm not, he signed with one of them. Yeah, I didn't Nike see that coming. Yeah, I did. I, listen, that was a left turn. But uh, you want to talk about statement? That was a statement, Cuervo. And even if it was for the wrong reason or by accident, that's a statement. Yeah. That's a statement. Yeah. That listen, I got. I got no, to I was being sarcastic. I know what can happen eventually. Yeah, but well, that's because they, there's more money in it in reality. There's just more money in it. But at the same time, if he believed in his father, I don't think he would be there. If his father didn't make an ass of himself every time he was on national TV, I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have made the move, Cuervo. I think he's actually embarrassed, and that's the reason this young man. I, I feel bad for this young man because I don't think he's the worst basketball player in the world now. Do I think he's the best? Oh, hell no, not even close. But he's a decent ball player. And the fact that he's got to deal with his dad, you know, makes it ten times worse than it really is. So, you know, I, I do. I feel bad for the kid because I, I, think, the, I think the kid could be a ball player. Um, you know, he, he's never going to be that superstar. I don't think he – I never thought he would. Uh, but that that's going to be huge. Right. Now, one more thing, Cuervo, before we get on out of here, if you got the time. Because I got I'm seeing Say that again I think I have time for one more subject Okay, you got distance on me again Do you got time? I do For one okay, more subject cool. One more subject And we'll go off this Because we do this show Is the reason why this is a subject And, and this show here has never 
ever backed away from a statement that we've ever made. I don't think Cuervo. I, I think we've pretty much stood firm on what we say, and we have a habit of, you know, sometimes we'll say something off the cuff or off the ball. But I want to go to Kansas City, Cuervo, because this was the story of the week for me because it made me think of what we do. We do sports talk radio, and there's a, a man out of Kansas City. Now, just to preface and to back this up, I just happen to know about the story because I know who this guy is. Okay, he's a partial owner of the radio station that he was actually a host on. So there's part of this that's a very interesting story about Kansas City and the uh, radio host that uh, over there. His name is Kevin Kaisman, and what it was is he was talking, just like us in a, in a regular show, talking about the reason why Andy Reid is not a coach is because it, the, the fact of the matter is is that this guy's not a disciplinarian. He can't discipline people or teach someone how to be di- disciplined. Now, in the overall of what he said, he didn't mention Andy Reid, okay, his son in particular. Um, as If you don't know the background story on that, folks that are listening, Andy Reid's son died of a drug o- overdose. So, the the backstory of this is very interesting. Um, the host of this show, Kevin Kaisman, he's been on. By the way, this guy's been on there for twenty years. Okay, now it, it, the 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 problem I have with the story that's being written, and, and just to let you know, um, I I made one of Yahoo Sports guys change his his uh, header because I was right. Um, The first header on this was controversial radio host uh, parts way with radio station about comments about Andy Reid. Now, if you go back to that same one is changed to Kansas city radio host, because this guy's far from controversial. Okay. You're not on the airwaves for 20 years, Cuervo in reality being in sports, being controversial, okay? The only one that's ever really been successful at that are two of them, Don Don Imus and Howard Stern. And those guys are now also on satellite radio so they can say whatever the hell they want, and they were considered controversial. This guy was not controversial. So my and the reason why I know Eric Edholm, we've had him on this show as well, uh, he changed the aspect because he is not controversial by any stretch, but he makes the statement uh, on this. First of all, Cuervo, did you hear about this story at all? I heard I heard bits and pieces of something being said about Andy Reid or, or or something like that, and it caused a you know a stir. Um, and that somebody, I think I had read somebody got fired, but it sounds like that yeah. that's not the case. Well, no, no, that is what happened. He's actually an owner. He actually got fired, uh, you know, per okay. se, but not necessarily fired. Mm. This guy was actually a partial owner of the station, so he actually ended up selling his selling his portion of this radio station, and then they parted ways with him. Um, so, oh, it, so as far as money is concerned, I don't feel bad for him. This guy got plenty of money, but this is yeah. what it is. And, and the statement was is that. Um, and that that caused the uproar. It was about the comments on Andy Reid's ability to fix people in relation to a troubled superstar, obviously Tyreek Hill. 
But what ended up happening on this is very interesting. Words weren't coming out of his mouth. They were an assumption, Cuervo. Now, and I believe the guy, and the only reason why I believe the guy is that I know this guy. I know, that I know what kind of person he is. And when he made those statements, he wasn't thinking about the fact that Andy Reid lost his son to drugs. Okay? I, I honestly believe that. Um, and he didn't even say it. This is where insinuation of what was said was said because it was turned around that saying this is what he said about Andy Reid's son. And he was like, when, when he was approached about this situation, this guy was completely shocked that this was even being said. He said, I didn't mention Andy Reid's son. And it was an assumption of what Tyreek Hill is and other problem children that they have on the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, and the comments that he's uh, he has the inability to fix people. I, the assumption went that he was also talking about his son. And the fact is, he said, when I made that statement, I didn't even think about his son. I was thinking about him as a coach. And he even said it regarding Tyreek Hill and other players, and he's unable to fix people. This is a very interesting, uh, very interesting, obviously, in what we do. And I actually stand behind the guy on what he said because I believe it. Because Andy Reid's had problems not just in Kansas City, by the way, and before his son passed away. Obviously, all you also got to do is look at one Terrell Owens. He couldn't quote unquote fix that situation either. So I think what happened is the insinuation of what was said was put up on this radio host, which obviously what we are, of him saying that about his son. And it caused a rip-roar effect. So it's amazing how much the English language and assumptions of what's being said and not being said and why people say, Sonny, you, you clarify yourself a little bit too much. Well, this, is, this right here is the reason why I clarify myself way too much. It's because people will take something that was said, and I think they were took it out of context in this case um, that wasn't there or intended but it was assumed it was intended because his son passed away because he was a drug addict. So it's an amazing story. If you get the opportunity, Cuervo, to read this one, this is really an interesting story. And we, we can obviously visit it again if and when you get up on top of it. But off the top, radio hosts and things like that, there's a reason why sports figure, sports guys are not being paid a lot of money to do what they do anymore, Cuervo. It's because of idiots like us, or me, I'll say me, because you're smarter than I am, uh, doing radio shows, and they can, anybody can replace anybody. But I, I, to me, I just look at it and go, well, that's just like any other job in the world. Anybody's replaceable. Um, so with any kind of idiot, you know, so I don't know. Bad choice of words, maybe, uh, but definitely not intentional. Because um, he wasn't even, I, I believe it. I don't even think he was coming close to believing what he was saying about Andy Reid's son because of the way that it was worded when he was talking about it. So it's a very interesting story, which puts a line, you know, puts spotlights on guys like us who do sports talk radio shows. Okay. So, so let me, let me see if I, if I'm getting this correct so far, Sonny. So the only thing that this, this radio host had said was that Andy Reid has, has the inability to fix problems. People to fix people. He has the inability yeah. to fix people in relation to 
Tyreek Hill. And yeah, to I, a couple I, I, of other guys that on that team that have problems. I don't I don't I don't see how anybody could go right to the situation with his son. I don't I don't see I it. agree. They found it, by the way, they found it very insensitive of him to say. And, and I'm with you, Cuervo. I, I don't see it. I think the guy was taking a look at him as a football coach only because that's what it does. He's a sports talk radio thing. The only time we talk about Andy Reid and his son back in 2012 is when he passed away, his son passed away. Outside of that, we never talked about him before or even after it. So um, I, I, I don't – I'm you missing know, the intention here. If anything, no, if anything – I don't even think Andy Reid should be the person you should be blaming on these type of character, these guys with character issues that are getting drafted by the Chiefs. Because is Andy Reid the one making the decision to draft these guys? No. Andy Reid is not the one that said, hey, draft Kareem Hunt. Hey, draft uh, draft Tyree Kill. Hey, draft, uh, you know, um, I know that wasn't there one more before that? I forget now, but I mean those are the two big ones, obviously that we all right. Know and and Terrell Owens, if you want to add him onto that list, he was coach with well, yeah, when yeah. Terrell I Owens mean, was playing. If if you're talking about Reed's time as a coach, then yeah, I mean, but they he didn't draft To, he inherited To when they signed him. But right. I mean, you know, I mean, Sean Jackson is a guy that you could, I guess, you could bring up who had a little bit of a yeah. of a character. Not problem, but just you know his attitude. You know he's, he's just one of those outspoken guys. Um, but again, I mean, it's, it's, it's I don't even think it's an issue that he doesn't have the ability to fix people. It's just man for Andy Reid, honestly, Sonny, he just gets he just that's the dealt that's the hand that he was dealt, and he and he works with it. You know what I mean? So right. I I don't I don't well, see how. First of all, how you can blame Andy Reid on all that. And number two, yeah. why in the hell – somebody had way too much time on their hands when they listened to that statement and said, oh, I wonder if he's talking about his kid that died six years ago, exactly. eight, seven years hey, ago. Hey, by the way, Cuervo, the, point that, the part that I didn't tell you is, is that um, on the show when he made that statement, a caller was the one that actually brought that up and, and – in, 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 at the point he was like, you never made one mention of his son, and he, uh, and, and he got on a caller for even making the mention of the son. So the fact that everybody's so offended about it, and it might have been the caller itself since he brought it up, but he was like, look, he he jumped on him for even saying it. And it, you're right, Cuervo. Too much time on your hands. We're listening to too much of a nut like us doing our shows and stuff and taking something to task. It was really horrible. Now, again, this guy, I don't feel sorry for him. He got plenty of money because he was part owner of the radio station. So it's not like they fired him and said, you're done. You don't, you're never – this guy got plenty of money. They bought him out, which is absolutely fine. you know. But at the same time, he came out and said, I quickly corrected a caller who did jump to the reference of Andy Reid's son. So he was talking about the owner's record of fixing players as well, because he mentioned that in his talk as well. So an assumption, a bad assumption, I, 
I feel bad that he got fired for this reason because this wasn't the intention of what he was saying, and everybody took it that way. So that's why, again, that's sometimes I clarify myself a little bit too much. My wife accuses me of that, um, and my other boss accuses me of that. But at the same time, when you've got things that happen, you want to make sure you emphasize either the correct thing or make sure everybody knows what you're thinking. So it, it, it is one of those things, and that's the reason why I just don't leave it out there. I probably would have said, you know, well, in the case of Tyreek Hill and, and some of the other players, you know, this, this franchise doesn't know how to fix it. And, and instead, everybody assumed he was talking about Andy Reid, and I probably would have got the, the same thing this guy got because that's the way I would have worded it based upon what they were talking Yes, I mean, I mean, I would be the same way though. You know, sometimes I, I rant about how I'm trying to clear my, you know, clear my words or or provide that clarity of exactly what I'm saying. So I think yep. I think that's why you know we we work so well together on this show because we're the same way. Like we we don't want anybody to try and twist our words and stuff like that. So yep. we 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 do everything we can to make it extremely clear about what we're saying and I mean I don't ever see the results of you know the shows and you know any feedback that you get uh after every show so whatever's being said about me I have no clue but I what I what I will say is that I will always make it my my uh my responsibility to make sure that I'm very clear about what I'm saying about certain things and I don't want anybody to try to Anybody to try and twist your words. So, if we go on a little tangent about what we mean by certain things, and we break it down in in, in context mm-hmm. more than we should, well, it's for reasons like that. And I mean, I understand. Like, yep. we can't get fired from doing this because we, you know, we do this because we enjoy it. We don't get paid, but mm-hmm. it's still we we have listeners. You know what I mean? Your 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 locals over there in Dallas listen to the show. You get emails all the time about I do. things that we talk about. So, you know, but the point it, is, we, we, we're not lucky. We've we never it. had an incident where we were quote unquote insensitive about something or whatever the case may be, and or caused problems with us gaining sponsors for the Rally at Eagles and stuff. And we, we we make it a point to kind of work with that and make sure that we're still cool with that. But we still get our points across the way that we feel. You know. You know, mm-hmm. maybe a little filtered, but not necessarily to stop us with our with our opinions. Which is, we're lucky in some points to where I mean, I mean, how many times have you heard someone make a statement and they lose a sponsor, i.e., Tiger Woods or or somebody or doing something, you know, and losing sponsors? We've gotten right. lucky. I'll knock on wood on the desk and on my head. We haven't had that problem, um, but. This is a very interesting story. If you get the opportunity to check it out, and uh, and uh, again, I knew that I know this gentleman. I've met him before within the radio and stuff like that, and uh, and spoken with him. So I know that's not what the intention was on it. As well as he corrected uh, uh, an actual caller who did reference it. So I'm missing I'm missing the point on it. I I feel bad that he does he's not Honestly. on radio. Maybe it was time for him to go anyway, and he wanted to get out of it maybe this was a good excuse but the way that it happened i right. just didn't like it and that and that was that was exactly what i was going to bring up whether it was 
him trying to find a way out or them trying to find a reason to let him go, maybe yeah. as him part owner, it wasn't just something where they could just be like, hey, yeah, it's not working out. We're going to need you to sell your portion of the uh, of the uh, company. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not, you can ask him all day. If he doesn't want to do it, he's not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but with something like this, you know, it, it's kind of like it's it's interesting. I wonder who's the one that was it was it a local person that just kind of called and filed a complaint, or was it an, another employee or another part owner? Social media yeah. blew up on it, Cuervo. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, blew up. So, uh, it, so it, they, it, they allowed it, social it, media to control you know, what the views were of that show. They allowed social media yeah. to, to take control of it. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, he's been on he's yeah. been on I the air for over twenty years, Cuervo. I think twenty years. You you don't last on airtime T V being controversial or whatever the case may be. And I'm glad and, and by the way, when I when I wrote to Eric Edholm, when he wrote the article, it put controversial uh, radio host. He's not controversial whatsoever. Um, now, this mm-hmm. was a controversial statement that someone could say, but he's not a controversial person. And it, and it was because I wrote him, and he, uh, Ed, Eric Edholm, wrote me back and said, "You're right." And because I put it on his Facebook, but he he messaged me directly. He said, "You're right," I, I, and he did. He ended up changing it because he is a, he's not a bad guy by any stretch. And and plus, yeah. when you correct someone on your show for what people are thinking and say, listen, I didn't say that. It, it, it just, I, I think this is one of those things where, Hey, it was an opportunity, you know, 20 years on the air. It, you know, he could retire and be done with it. It might've been the best excuse for him to get on out and do it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that was going to be my next thing is like, I don't know. I know you said, you know, this radio host has happened to, um, but I'll tell you what, um, if you ever get a chance to speak to him or anything, Sonny, I'll tell you, I, my my philosophy is that I think it's it's a blessing in disguise for him because I think he's better off in a different on a different station Absolutely. and with a different company. Because I tell you, for his business partners to not stand up for him and uh-huh. and you know yep. and 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 pretty much tell social media. Like back the f off. Like this is not what the intent was of what if we've spoke to him. Blah 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 blah. Instead, they turned their back on him, and they yep. pretty much pushed him out. So you know what? He's yep. better off. And if you ever I get agree. a chance to speak to him, I, I, I please. I, all all the luck in the world because he's going to find another job. He's been in the industry for a long if time. That's what he wants. That's, yep. He's going to find a job somewhere else. He's going to find an opportunity to maybe even you know. Uh, a business related uh uh opportunity somewhere else not just you know host a, a show or something like that so for for his for his fellow business partners to to just turn their back on him like that that's i mean that tells you everything you need to know that that's you had you had some weak partners man like you're better off without them and you're better off I without agree. that company so so that's the point too. because he he doesn't sound like a bad person so no, yeah, and, and he's not. And and again, you don't. You're not. Even if you're part owner, you're not on air for 20 years unless someone likes you. Um, so you, you, you got to kind of, yeah, you got to look at it. You know, 
and do what you do. And again, shows like ours, yeah, you, you probably could be the most controversial person in the world because of the result of what it is. Um, so I, I, it, it was a good thing. It was cool. Um, and I, I wish the guy well, uh, just to let everybody know, uh, you know, if, and, and I have not reached out to him. I will. I want this to calm down before he talks about it. If he might not even want to talk about it. Um, I do know him that way to where he may, uh, give me a call back. So, uh, we'll see what ends up happening with that. So, but that's, that's all I got. I mean, I kind of knew we were going to go into overtime, though, Cuervo, so. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, but, it's okay. Hey, no biggie. Yep. All right, so time. that's going to do it for us. Is there anything you wanted to cover before we're out of here, or are you all good? Um, well, I know we're not a big soccer show, but, uh, you know, quick shout-out to the women's national team. They're out there. They're out in France, you know, kicking butt. Um, Taking names. You know. Yeah, they're taking names. I mean, they just beat they beat the host country three to one the other day. I think it was on Friday. So they're out there representing for the United States. You know, again, just like they were four years ago. So yeah, uh, you know, keep keep kicking ass out there, women. So you know, good I, luck to them. I like the, the star of that. I like the star of that team. She 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 makes me laugh. Come on, uh, Alex Morgan or the one with the yeah. red hair. Uh. She have red hair or blonde hair, Cuervo? Um, is that who you're talking about? The one? No, it's it's like a pinkish, I think, color as she dyes it. She's like the co-captain or whatever. I can't think of her name right now. But Alex Morgan's like the bigger name. But uh, in case you didn't know, there, no, no, also... Me- it, her name is Megan Cuervo, the one I'm thinking of. I think, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I'm yeah, almost. Yeah. He, he, I, I the, like her. She, he, I think okay. She ripped Trump, so it made me laugh. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's why you like her. Yeah, so she made she made me giggle. So plus, I I agree with her too. So, but uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, Rapino, Rapino. What? Say that again. Is Reagan Megan Rapino Rapino something like that? Yeah, Rapino Rapino's how you at least that's how I heard it. Rapino. Yeah. So in case you didn't know, Sonny, guess who else is on the women's national soccer team? Who? There is a young lady, blonde-haired uh, young lady, by the name of Julie Ertz. Yes. She is the hus- she is the wife of one Ertz of the Philadelphia Eagles. He yeah, has I was going to been... say that name sounds awful familiar. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's it's his, cool. it's his that wife. Is cool. So he he's actually been gone from, uh, you know, the mandatory workouts. So he's he's in France watching, supporting his wife, and I think that's pretty damn cool. He posted up a picture on I think it was Twitter or Instagram. It was one of the two, and it was like he goes, it was a selfie of him, and, and he had said, "Oh, here's a picture of a badass and her husband." So. I thought that was pretty cool <laughs> to do that. So that is that's cool. I like that. And and and, and he, is he still with the Eagles, Cuervo? Yeah, oh yeah, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't know if he got. <laughs> so. I, 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 hey, congrats to the Eagles for letting him do that. That that just I, I that and and there's probably no problems with him not being there. So and that you know 
that, that's just the kind of cool thing you got to be when you're an owner of a football team or a, an owner of a business in general. But yeah, he needs to be with his wife doing that. That that's awesome. Yeah. I, and let's just say I hope there's no repercussions with him being fined or anything for it. Uh, for not being no, so I'm, I'm sure he got permission, and even if he didn't, I would tell him go f yourself. That's my wife, dude. Like, yeah, yeah you know that's my I mean? wife. I guess you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's other than that, Sonny. I mean, that's that's the only the other thing I want. Only other thing I wanted to talk about. So that way we're not we're not uh, you know pinned as only football and, and basketball show. Like, we talk a little bit of everything on this show. Yeah, I try to. And I know. When, yep, and, and, yeah, I know you're and Wimbledon guy. starting up on July 1st, so we'll, we'll probably jump into that a little bit as well, too. There so, you go. Uh, because old Sonny likes Wimbledon. So, All right, that's going to do it for us on the Couch Potato Sports Show, 45 minutes. Actually, 50 minutes in overtime. Almost did four hours. Love it. Love Sundays. Love the Couch Potato Sports Show. Love that being said. Check us out next week. We are on air next week. It's the week after. We might not be. Everybody have a good one. Wherever I have a great day, my friends. You too, starting our out west next week for the breakdown. Um, uh, no, we're going to go south. AFC right, we'll go and south. NFC south. We're going to do west flat. Gotcha. Okay. Awful loud. I even heard it. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> No yeah, so we'll, we'll do we'll do south next week, and then we'll skip the week because I won't be on air. And then the week after that, we'll go north and then west. Okay, sounds like a plan. I'll be ready. Go west, young man. That's how we're doing it. We're out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sonny. Have a good one. All right, catch you later, Cuervo. Take care. <laughs>